podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. Woo! The sensation, Jason Gavin! Danmark har fået en ny verdensmester. Mikkel Tesla. He's the fucking champion of the world. Mikkel Tesla. Ладони Стивенсон писал в чат. No, I think Rosado good boy. Rosado is good boy. I've become a massive international superstar. It's as simple as that. I eat your ass all alive, you bitch. Scared of the real man. I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. I'm going to physically shoot David Hay. He fucking glossed me. He glossed me. Derek, who's out? I'm Shannon Briggs. I'm hard to kill. I'm the black team with the ball. I'm hard to fucking kill. Well, I believe Christopher can take a punch. I'm very good at math and looking at a fighter and seeing what his abilities are. I can't see that Golovkin has anything like Christopher's speed, his power, his punching ability, his health speed, his foot movement. I don't see that from a calculating point of view. I don't see that he has anything like that. So then it's going to come down to heart. I spoke to Joe Gallagher, they don't want to fight Carl Frampton. And the bottom line is, you know, no disrespect to Cross Ranger, these guys aren't good enough to face Carl Frampton. I'm the best heavyweight champion in the world. I'm happy to have WPC with me. I'm undefeated champion. Undisputed champion. I want good next. You've got my Dino Rival nuclear acid. I'm the student heavyweight champion of the world. Who's next? I love boxing sounds. It's as simple as that. Welcome, everybody, to the 418th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse. I'm your host, Matt DiGiannardo. On us right now, Andy Patterson, Nas. Uh, I do expect Steve Wellings to be on here soon. Uh, you imagine Rob will wander in as well. Uh, looking forward to a uh, really fun afternoon. We have quite a lot to go over. Some of it good, some of it bad. Uh, but we did have a very entertaining and close fight uh, topping the top rank card here in the States with Joe Smith Jr. just barely eking out a majority decision over Maxim Vlasov. Uh, it was an exceptional fight uh, that could have gone either way. Excellent shifts in momentum as well. Uh, not fight of the year kind of candidate, but it's definitely uh, one of the more entertaining scraps that we've seen in the last month or so. Um, the, pa- the panel was sinking Joe Smith Jr. by late knockout. Andy, uh, I, that that eleventh round was kind of funky, man. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, Vlasov was legitimately uh, hit, uh, you know, in the back of the head. But that length of time, um, considering he was bending below the waist, uh, you saw the top rank guys screaming from the uh, from the side of the yeah. ring. I, I, I honestly think that we got fucked out of our uh, out of our uh, late round stoppage that we predicted. Um, possibly. I mean, there was minor controversy, I suppose. Regards to that eleventh round, uh, I say right hand behind the behind the head, ruled a slip. But um, the thing was, I think it was a, I think the judge was it Gary Ritter uh, or, or Jerry Ritter. I think his name was. I think he ended up scoring that around a ten eight. So I don't know if it's if it's for that. that 
for that that incident there, or if it's because he felt that Smith absolutely dominated that round. But um, I don't I don't recall or I've seen anything or anybody even mention a potential ten eight round in, in round eleven. So to me, it's it's, it's not a robbery. It's a, it was a very very close fight. Um, I thought Vlasov, for me personally, I thought he won the fight one fifteen one thirteen. Um, started very well, you know, he's shown very, very good movement, you know, letting his hands go in bunches, maybe no really really kind of like hurting Smith as such, kind of like really kind of, when you've seen Smith land some of his punches and that, it was kind of like telling at times so you could maybe think that, you know was he maybe stealing or shading some of the rounds and stuff because he's, he's power shots and that, but at times Vlasov made them look basic and really it didn't well really to kind of stay off, stay off the ropes, you know, for most of that fight Dominate with the jab and that at times. Um, I've got to say that, to me at least, um, for the, the early half of that fight, Vlasov was 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 well in front. And as you say, changes momentum. Smith's kind of you know presses it, presses it in a wee bit more. Um, finished the fight strong. Um, tough tough fight for both guys and stuff. But you know, I understand why Joe gets a, gets a decision at the end of the day. You know he's probably more popular to sell and stuff. But um, Still doesn't, you know, detract for fact. In my opinion, at least, I thought Vlasov won that fight one fifteen, one thirteen. So, you know, it'd have been good if we maybe got the draw on that. You could maybe got the immediate rematch and stuff. But you know, as it is at the minute, we've got a winner. We've got another titleist and stuff. And I think, to be honest, that type of opponent and stuff really gave Joe Smith a lot of problems and stuff. So I think maybe if he's if going to like some maybe a Baterbev, who I think would probably beat him anyway. But because of the styles, we kind of like more come forward and stuff like that. We probably make for a better fight, to to be honest with, you, if, for as long as it lasted at least. But no, it was a, it was it was a good fight to watch. It was definitely a tough fight, and uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't I'm not one of the ones to be on the on the bandwagon shouting robbery and that. To me, it was a close fight, um, but for me at least, uh, Vlasov certainly won the fight. And um, personally, going down the stretch of that fight, Smith was really having to kind of possibly get a knockout as such to try and try and win that fight. Yeah, he, um, he he definitely worked pretty hard for it. Uh, hey, we got uh, Luke Hobbs throwing us a buck ninety nine in the super chat there. We appreciate that, uh, sir. And he he believes the jelly breast was robbed. We we will get to that, sir. <laughs> we will we'll get to that. Um, it uh, when when I was watching that, Smith was definitely going for the knockout. And and funny enough, uh, Oz is I was watching a fair amount of the fights this weekend. Smith Junior. Refused to throw the punch, which uh, would, which I think would have really made a big difference in this fight. The uppercut kept throwing the hooks, kept throwing the overhand rights when Vlasov was leaning in, and that uppercut was there all night long. Yeah, it's an interesting point that you made there, um, and I think what Andy said, you know, where he said Vlasov made him look basic as well, but I think at times it's fair to say that. Joe Smith is quite basic and, you know, he'll look good against certain fighters and that's ones that'll basically stand there and trade with him. So I'll be right, you know, he came on the scene a bit by, by accident, you know, it wasn't like this huge background, uh, you know, a big banger, that sort of thing. And I think that's ultimately what perhaps swayed him the fight. Obviously, we can talk, you know, that dodgy 10-8 round, but I think he's, you know, his heavier, you know, his, his harder shots and his heavier shots probably made it closer. Um, I had the same card as Andy, actually, 115-113 to Blasov. Um, I thought pure, purely on work rate. Um, I thought he, you know, uh, he boxed a very good fight. Certainly don't, you know, it's certainly not a robbery. Certainly not a robbery. And every close fight is not a robbery. Um, ro- robberies away, you know, there's 
in, you know, a clear winner and they get like, you know, you can lose, but, you know, a couple of rounds they get given or something. Having it either way by a couple of rounds is certainly not a robbery. One judge had it a draw. The other, I think one had it, you know, by a couple, one by three. If that was swayed the other way, no problem. Um, Really good world title fight. I, I agree with Andy. Um, you know, I don't think we'll see an immediate rematch. It's going to be interesting um, where we're going to see. I know that, that basically that Callum Johnson is going the WBO route. Um, he's he's fighting, I think, in, it's either next week or the week after. He's going to get ranked by them. And I actually think from where Randy mentioned about styles, I think Joe Smith-Callum Johnson fight is a great fight. That is a perfect style for Smith, you know, from where someone will stand there and will basically trade with him. Um I think I think it's a winnable fight for Callum Johnson, by the way, as well. But at the same time, it you know it, it's a really good one for Vlasov. I think how old is he now? Is he thirty five or is he 34, 35? But I certainly don't think that's the end of him either. And he's got certainly a part to play at that top level in the in the light heavyweight division. Um, he may well look back and think, you know, he may feel you know like not robbed, but he he deserved to win. Um, and fingers crossed, you know, he gets straight back in at the deep end. He probably he might well look back as well and think the one that maybe got away, I did enough, but could I have done a bit more? Um, as for Smith, he may look at it and think it was arguably, you know, like one of his more difficult fights of his career, but he's come through it. And as you say, Matt, he might look back and then think, yeah, I could have thrown that uppercut, but why didn't he? Um, but yeah, all, all in all, a great fight, a, a more than worthy world title fight considering you know some of the stuff that we see contested for world titles these days um and and i, lo- I look forward to smith you know taking the bigger fights because he's certainly one not to duck anybody is he no he uh, you got to give joe smith credit he he kept trying even when he was moving back he wasn't really cowardly in moving back it's just unexpected to see Joe Smith Jr. move backwards, um, which was a little bit odd. And the uh, the cut over the left eye, uh, also something that he had to deal with that was very nasty and uh, complicated things from quite a bit. Um, Steve, it looks like they're angling to have him uh, in a fight with Better Biev. I can't see anything that uh, would point any other direction than that. Um, and Smith Jr. has a better than a puncher's chance in that fight. Um, just because the guy can really bang and he's got that intangible of heart. Uh, Callum Johnson put better be of on his ass. That said, the style of fight that Vlasov fought last night, I actually think would give better be of fits. And I think if we're looking for the guy who could beat better be of the wrong guy won last night on that criteria. Yeah, I think you're right there, Matty. I don't see Smith beating Baturbiev, but he has the puncher's chance, and Baturbiev has shown vulnerability in the past, so there's definitely a chance. I'm in favour of this fight, because it will unify, it sort of clears up the, the belts a little bit. I do expect Baturbiev uh, to beat Joe Smith Jr., but not many people really gave Vlasov much of a chance coming in last night from the things I was listening to. I know myself included, I, I didn't give him much of a chance. I think Gabe might have said something last week that, that he thought that he could, he could do well, but I wasn't impressed with him. I, di- I didn't score the fight. I was watching a, a Russian feed, so I don't even know how ESPN had it or anything. But like the guy said, I got the feeling from watching it without hearing the commentary or seeing anybody else scoring that Vlasov had won, especially early on. I thought he did really well. He's not your typical Eastern European style, uh, style fighter. He's, he's got his hands down. He's very shaky. He's very a bit, a bit like Dmitry Pirog. I don't know if you remember him back in the day, Matty. He sort of fights 
Oh, oh stuff. yeah, man. He he made uh, Daniel Jacobs' ears twitch when he hit the floor. He, he could bang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he certainly could. No, but he seemed to have that type of style, and he showed a beard as well, because Smith can definitely punch. It was a great fight, actually. I really enjoyed it. And Smith, he's such a tough bastard, Smith. There's just no quitting him. Unless a man might have become discouraged early on, he might have drifted, he might have complained about the cut, but he never did. He just always had the confidence that he was just going to come back and, and win. And fair play to him. I like Smith. I said before, I think he's a working collar guy, uh, you know, white class guy. I'm mixing up all the words here. And I think that I finally got his work. He's a white class working collar guy. <laughs> and he's got his title finally. And he's shown he's better than Shawnee Monaghan. I think at one point I compared him and Shawnee Monaghan. I think he's finally superseded uh, Shawnee Monaghan. So fair play to him. Go off and get your unification. And Vlasov can come again, although he is pushing 40, I believe. So uh, fair fair play to the white class working collar guy, Joe Smith. Well, and it, really, if you go through Vlasov's resume, he hasn't turned in like a bad performance in uh, a half a dozen years or so. He's been in a fair amount of fights. Uh, he's been the underdog in a handful of uh, victories he's gotten over the last few years. He's just one of those guys that kind of stuck around under the radar that's wound up in America on a few occasions. I remember um, I saw him live fighting against uh, uh, Zerto. Uh, he came over in Chicago and he fight. Uh, uh, he fought Glowacki, I think. Uh, and, and and that was that was in cruiserweight as well. He's, he's doing it light heavyweight. Yeah, and so the guys, and that was uh, that was the reason that I thought he would probably get stopped late. Is he's been at 168, you know, about 10 years ago now, uh, but then been up at cruiserweight, now back up at light down at light heavyweight, and in a six foot four frame, man, that's a bitch to get up and down and weight. But he handled it just fine. He he really did, and. Um, uh, I, I, I hesitate to call Vlasov a gatekeeper because I think he's got more quality than that adjective uh, would accurately describe. So um, I, I don't know what comes up next for him. I saw in the chat that Vostik is looking at coming back uh, on that one. Uh, but man, I, who uh, Andy, Andy, who who in the light heavyweight division would want to actually step in with Vlasov? I mean, you talk about high risk, low reward. I would probably say maybe like one of the Brits, for example, maybe like maybe a Boatse or a London Arthur, and if it's going to be like a world title eliminator, if they knew that, like, if they knew that fight, the winner of that fight was going to get a world title shot off the back, it might be worth the risk. But it's a big risk. I think, that's, that. a, I think that's a disastrous fight for Boatse. I'd set Vlasov in that any day of the week. I just can't, you can't, you could not come, we've seen it all too often now. How could you confidently back someone like Boatse? who's basically fought nobody and then going in against Vlasov, who's probably arguably, you know, put in one of the performances his career and just come up short there. Do you not think that would be a disastrous fight for Boatia? And I put Lyndon Arthur in the same category as well. Um, and even in, even in a way, you know, like Callum Johnson, potentially, just Johnson, you know, he's at that age from where he'll probably take the jump, you know, because what is he? He's a similar age, so he'll take that risk. I don't think any. I think Hearn would steer Buatzi well away from anything like that. Even if there was a fight guaranteed from it, they'd try and get him in a different direction. I think well, someone like I won't be shocked if you saw someone like Badu Jack fight him, or um, maybe Ramirez. You know, Zerdo's coming up, isn't he? Wouldn't shot me for Ramirez potentially, or um, maybe that is. It, oh, who won that golden contract thing? Bolotnik. When they put no, I, if, if you're talking about likes of Vlas, what I was what I was really going to say is it's it, it, it it a big risk in that. But you know, Matty's asking like you know who would need them? Well, really, 
unless that fight was a, was a final eliminator, nobody else would really kind of fight yeah. him. Because yeah. Boasi, for example, I'm just looking at IBF rankings. He's ranked third, right? So you, you need to fight the Chinese guy, uh, Fan Long. You know, that guy's, you know, he's rangy, he's got good activity and stuff, good engine. So that could be a problematic fight with Boatsy. You never know. I just think, you know, I think if, if London Arthur had got that opportunity, I think, I think he would take it. If, if he was promised a world title fight, I think anybody would take that fight. Andy, have you seen his number one in the WBA interim champion, Robin Krasnitsch? Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know, mate. I've seen his last fight, eh? He's he done well, actually. I think he knocked the guy out, believe it or not. <laughs> How old is that fucker? But 30s. Is he? Is he's that it? Champion, aye, aye. Is he related to Luan Krasnitsch? you remember him? I don't know. I, so I, I lost to Brewster. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, fair play to Vlasov, guys. I mean, he he has a decent resume. He's beaten, uh, he's beaten Ismail Slot. He's beaten Shakhkayev. That one. Uh, that, he's that beaten Deradola. That was the shock. That was the shock result. I remember that Chakayev fight. That was like was it seventh or eighth round stoppage or something like that. Chakayev was doing the on the uh, three or four times during the fight. Big. Uh, it was a big shock that one actually, if I recall. Yeah, well, the, as well. Because, well, and that's the thing about it. And we fucked up on the. We fucked up that last week. Everybody has been underestimating this guy. I mean, he gave Zerto Ramirez a really good fight. I thought that fight was like six four ish. Uh, you know, and everyone he's been in with, he's given a hard time. He, he avenged the defeat to Chalemba. You know, it's uh, I just he the guy he's gonna have a hard time getting big fights because he doesn't he doesn't have a, enough clout in his home country to get a fight over there. And he Kovalev. doesn't fight Kovalev in Russia. Oh, what the? Well, yeah, yeah, I guess I could do that. I mean, but what, what's the point? We all know what the result of that's going to be. Kovalev's well, yeah. fucking done. Yeah, well, so what? He's Vlasov, you know, he's, he's a rank contender anyway. Yeah, Kovalev keeps him in the keeps him in the rankings at least if he wins. Yeah, I, I mean, it make, it makes sense as far as that goes, but I mean, I, I don't see. What it really does for Vlasov? Well, I mean, they make money. I think the guy wants to win a title, though. So, um, you know, he's got to get on the road to that. And um, I, I, I think the la- last night probably didn't help him because no one's going to want to fight him. Um, directly below that, uh, for anyone that didn't catch it, um, I Jogba uh, just demolished Brian Howard, uh, who was like out on his knees. And, uh, it was pretty weird. Uh, but he got smacked right around the ear. That was a that was a wicked knockout. I, I know I compared a Jogba to Latif Coyote, and I'm actually not going to move away from that because I, I don't know what I don't know what knocking out Brian Howard really means at the end of the day, Steve. Uh, but it was a fucking wicked right hand. It was a killer right hand, wasn't it? Uh, luckily, the the doctor jumped straight in the ring to administer emergency tapping on the back to make sure that he was all right. <laughs> <laughs> the poor fellow was absolutely sparked out. I like a Jagba. He's a big, stiff idiot, but he can punch, and he's a little bit vulnerable. He showed in, was it Kaladzi? I think he fought that time. And he's going to be in fun fights. He's got a Michael Grant air about him. He's a puncher, but he's got skills and... I think he was a decent amateur, so I'm looking forward to seeing him progress. Howard was too small. It wasn't good optics, but the right hand was an absolute belter. Bob Arum loves these type of matchups, doesn't he? Vulnerable guys going in against punchers, nice highlight reel, KO. They'll sell a, a Jagba a bit more off the back of that, but eventually when he steps up to the top level, whoever's hanging around at that particular time, I think he'll struggle. I don't rate him above, well, maybe above the likes of Howard. Obviously, he's, he's above that level, but the next couple of rungs up, I wouldn't pick him against a lot of guys, but, but he's fun. He can punch. And he's not the worst boxer in the world. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he progresses. 
Yeah, I, I think there's actually just fun to be had there. Uh, but it, you know, Andy, he's he's not going to be a world champion. Can can we all agree that, barring you know uh, some bizarre belt that we really don't want to recognize ourselves, this guy's not champion. He's just a fun fighter with a fucking wicked right hand. Yeah, I mean, he almost caught through that guy in the ground, that didn't he? But um, he's a big dude. And I mean, I had a quick look at his weight, and that, so I was thinking maybe he could maybe come down and wait to bridge your weight, and that, but that's not going to be possible. He's big. What is he? Two thirty, two forty. He's stiff. He's he's no head movement, and you know he is what he is at this point. You know, I don't think he's going to what is he mid twenties. You know there is time for improvement in that, but I don't know how much. But um, he's got a good one too, great right hand, good power in that. But as you say, he's, he's with his uprightness and stuff. You know, no movement, chins out there. You know he is going to be in fun fights, and it will probably be fun while it lasts and stuff. But I I don't see world titles unless it's an absolute freak like what happened with Glass off against uh, Charles Martin for example something bizarre has got to happen for him to get a world title from me yeah and uh, Leon the Canteen said a Jogva versus Coffee would be a good fight I, I think that would be fun I've liked the way that uh, Coffee's developing he can punch too and he seems to really enjoy the sport just on this, uh, a really fun level uh, you, you gotta love people who love what they do and uh, it shows when they're working so, um, yeah, uh, I don't have much else to say about that. And I don't know if you guys do either, but that was the long and short of it. Wicked fucking right hand against a guy who we probably knew was going to get knocked out. Um, and also uh, right underneath that one, um, I don't know if you guys caught this one, Jared Anderson uh, stopping the brother of Tommy Carpensi, uh, Jeremiah Carpensi, second round. He just he didn't want to be there, right hands to the body. You know, wasn't wasn't even a – an organ shot uh, for say or anything like that. He just didn't want to be there and he was getting hammered. So, uh, Anderson looks decent, Matty. I'll just jump in quickly on that one. Sure. The only problem, the only problem is I, I like the look of him. I've seen him on a few undercards, but, um, he's beating up like, fat white guys at the moment. He needs to be in better levels of competition, but I mean, he's only young and he calls himself big baby. That's a problem for me, Matty. I think there could be issues down the line there. Maybe he's with Joel Miller, the original big baby as well. So, Hopefully he's not going down that route. But from what I've seen of Anderson, I think he's going to be a tasty character in the years to come. And again, like I've definitely got a higher seed in than a Jagba. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. It, but a lot like the Jagba fight, you know, as much as he, he looked good doing what he was doing, I, I can't uh, for the life of me say that it mattered whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, you know, it just uh, it just was. So, uh, but Good yeah, to see a heavyweight going to the body, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be fair, he was cracking him pretty good to the body. Uh, uh, Carpensi had a nice uh, nice red spot on, on the left side of his body, so he was getting winged pretty good. But um, uh, we'll hop over uh, to you guys' side of the pond there, and uh, the card that was headlined by Connor Ben once again uh, in a fight where, because of the way it ended, not more so than the competition, I mean, fuck Oz. Like, I don't know. I didn't learn a, I didn't learn a damn thing about Connor Ben yesterday. <laughs> I didn't learn a damn thing. Um, I, no, I would disagree with that. I, I think, I think it's fair to say that. I mean, I mean, I think Bellew was like, oh yeah, everyone was saying that this is, ex, you know, excellent matchmaking and a dangerous fight. I disagree with that. And when a fighter is billed on his losses, you know, like, oh, he lost to this guy, lost to that guy, you know he's not really a threat. I think what we learned last night is that Ben can be very destructive. Uh, and when he senses, you know, potentially vulnerability, he'll go for it. 
And I think it's fair to say nobody expected that sort of, you know, the way to get him out of there so quickly last night. Um, I thought the uppercuts did the job. People are complaining about the stoppage. Um, I disagree with that. I, Vargas just couldn't sit on the ropes and just take shots with his head. Um, using the Dave Allen, you know, form of defense, just using the face and nothing else. I thought it was a oh, it was a terrible stoppage, Oz. Ugh. No way. No <laughs> way. No. I'll be honestly. Yeah. I agree with what Ozzy's saying here. I think it was. I think it was a fair right stoppage because okay, look. Sorry, Oz. I'll let you come back in, me. But no, they, they, they have they, yeah. they, they, they two right uppercuts that, that he took in, in the process of uh, that barrage of shots mm. that Ben was throwing in that were evil. And he, when he sagged on the ropes and stuff, all Ben had really had to do was step to the side and start just throwing hooks at him. He could have he took a knee at that point, right? But really, if yeah. Ben just attacked him again after that, that was it. He was getting badly knocked out. Yeah, and that's where people get hurt. Isn't it? That's where people can get really hurt by, you know, referees just seeing repeated shots. Like, I'm, I'm all for that stoppage. Um, I get what you mean. Like, did we learn loads? In reality, no. And I said he's been matched extremely well. He's been matched really well. Um, I think the disrespect that we've seen after it, from where they've been calling out, you know, the likes of like Amir Khan and stuff. Let's have it right. Amir Khan was, I think he, he might well have been a unified champion at Conor Ben's age. Now, fuck all this shit, you know, like, oh, yeah, Ben's not had an amateur record. I don't care. Put some respect on Amir Khan's name. He's one of the best world champions we've had. He's been an outstanding fighter. He's not really ducked anybody. And this guy's got him with fucking Canelo. You know, he fought like people saying, oh, yeah, he doesn't want anything to do with, you know, Conor Ben. He fought Marcos Maidana when he didn't really need to. So let's have it right. Let's put some respect there. And, you know, people saying... next as well. Well, if that's correct. Allegedly. Then, allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. I mean, it's going to be interesting the way they match Ben next. People were saying, you know, like uh, Michael McKinson, uh, Chris Jenkins. I don't think they're going to look domestically personally. So I, I went down the rankings and I, I picked out Chris Van Heerden, um, who I thought that would be an interesting fight for Ben. Uh, Van Heerden wouldn't, you know, stand there like yeah. Vargas did last night. He's not a massive puncher. So, you know, from where, you know, like, the, you, you can tell they've not put Ben in, you know, like a huge banger yet. Um, so, you know, I'm not saying, you know, he's got a glass chin or anything, but he's not been in with a huge puncher yet. And Van Heerden fits that mould from where, you know, they're stepping him up. He's been, you know, around that, like, you know, fringe, you know, world level type of thing. Probably, you know, it's, it's fair to say he's European level, you know, if he was from the European, uh, you know, from Europe. Uh, because in reality, I mean, they called out Sean fucking Porter as well. Yeah, but oh. mate, oh, see if he's oh, want a real test. If he's want a real test, I would love him to see that fight. That would really settle yeah, what he's no, got about. Forget Porter. Let's forget <laughs> Van Heerden. If he wants a real fight, go and fight David Avanesian for the European yeah. title. That's a proper fight. That is a proper fight. And notice whose name didn't get mentioned on Saturday night. David Avanesian. Yeah. We'll call out Carton, we'll call out Porter, because it's great publicity. The massive names, people can, you know, people can relate to them. But bear in mind, Avanessian has just put an unreal performance in on Sky as well. And Conor Ben was ringside, but there was no mention of Avanessian whatsoever. Now, why not? Don't go and call out Sean Porter. I mean, come on, let's have it fucking right. Sean Porter, aside from, you know, like realistically from, you can argue that, you know, aside from Crawford and Spence, Porter is the third best welterweight in the world. 
So come on, like come on, let's let's have a bit, you know, be serious. He's a long, long way off, Sean Porter. Yeah, long, long way off. But let's enjoy the journey. I, I think it's fair to say that when he first came on the scene, I never envisaged him getting to this sort of level at all, at all. He looked dreadful. Long, long way away, and he has improved. Big up Tony Sims for the job he's done. He's done a brilliant job with him, and I think him as a him as a trainer goes under the radar because he doesn't like to stand in front of the camera and sing his own praises. But you can see the work he's done with Ben. You know, like Ben's had to work for it as well. Um, but let's you know, like enjoy the ride. No need to rush him yet because he's still young as well. But it's going to be interesting now because Hearn's looking at his, you know, what kept getting mentioned, the next pay-per-view star. Why? Why does he need to go on pay-per-view Yeah, He doesn't. Keep him on regular sky and keep building his profile. People were raving over him last night, you know, the casual audience raving over him. Oh, look at Conor Ben, world champion in the making. Keep it like that. Hey, keep building him. Fucking Coogs is one on pay-per-view. Like I know. This is what I mean. And people, <laughs> to be fair, uh, people called him out and said, "Why? No, they did. They did. Why? The, the the road to pay per view does not involve Sammy Vargas, does it? Does it, fuck? There's miles better, miles better things to do. And let's have it right. Conor Ben has not won a Commonwealth title. He's not won a British title. He's not won an English title. He's won a ranking belt. But he's won so our hearts. But let's not get like I said. Let's enjoy the journey. He's an entertaining fighter to watch, and he's getting better. He impressed me on Sad last night purely for the fact I never expected him to do that. To Val- I thought he'd win and pretty comfortably, but I didn't pre- expect him to do it in a round. I, I, I stand by that, th- that though. I like because I said I'd learned nothing, and staying that I, is the fact that no matter who they put him in with next, based on yesterday's performance, you cannot say that that moved the needle for you one way or another, that now because of what he did to Vargas, he beats Y. There's nothing it did to move the needle. Uh, Steve, uh, I hope somebody's with me here. I think these guys are crazy. He got a quick stoppage over a dry fighter who's been knocked out multiple times. I, I, the yesterday did not matter for Connor Ben in his career, in my opinion. Agree or disagree? Uh, I disagree. I'm afraid I'm, I'm with the other two here. I, y'all, uh, said- y'all, <laughs> y'all can, y'all can just suck down on <laughs> these nuts. But continue, continue. On the notes, yeah. I said last week, I'm becoming a Conor Ben fan. I think he's made massive improvements. He's clearly worked hard, worked on his craft, done all the right things so far. As Ozzy said, the training team's working for him. You can't knock a fella. You know, we all shit on him when he turned pro. Nigel Ben's son, again, Eddie, pushing him beyond his station. But the kid seems to have his head on his shoulders and he's doing well for himself. And I thought the stoppage was fine. You know, with British refs especially as well, you got to remember, you got to throw something back. You can't just lay on the ropes, see the hole, grab, throw something, spit something, try and get to your knees, do something. He stood there for too long, taking oh, too many shots. As Malik found, as Malik Scott found out, you can't even be clearly up at the count of nine looking the ref in the eyes. Exactly. You know? Yeah, you guys Yeah, you guys are fucking assholes when it comes to that shit. No, like, I agree with that 100%. I thought the stoppage was fine. Vargas was saying afterwards that he was okay, but that was after about two or three minutes of recovery. In the heat of the moment, whenever it mattered, Ben just piled the pressure on, was whipping the shots in, the head was flying back. The referee was tetchy. You could see after the first big shot he was ready to go in he he left it go let it go Vargas went further onto the ropes 
but he didn't give the ref enough to work with. He was too passive for me. He was caught in a storm and he was too passive. He should have done more, especially on British soil. He should have known what he was getting himself into. So I don't really have a problem with the stoppage. But uh, moving on forward, I, th I don't think they'll go the domestic route whatsoever. You look in the rankings, guys like Avanesian and McKinson, and they'll look to match him with names. That makes sense. While also keeping an arm around him as he steps up. They'll attach his name to guys like Khan and Porter, but he'll call them out. They'll start building his reputation. He's pretty harmless, I think, as long as Eddie winds his neck. He's not going to fight guys like that. He's not going to go in against someone like McKinson, who has a, rel a relative unknown. I know he beat Congo and that, but most people won't know what he's about. He's an awkward style. They want people like Marku, guys who are going to stand in front of him for these blood and guts fights, you know, these Joe Laws types to build the reputation. Because Nigel's reputation was built like that early on. Look at the likes of the Anthony Logan fight up and down, big punches and stuff. Connor showed that he can punch and he's improving. And I'm calling him by his first name as well. We're friends. I, I think we could be friends in the future. So I'm big on the Connor Ben train here, Matty. Do you know do you know why I'm worried right now though, Steve? What? If you look over in the comments, Chuck was agreeing with me that I don't know anymore. I don't well, they, know. They, they think this is a fake Chuck Wu, apparently. Real, real <laughs> Chuck Wu would not, would not be awake at this time of day. <laughs> or he would uh, he'd be hiding in the bathroom, tweeting away. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Well, I guess we're all going to have to agree to just disagree on that one. And we'll, uh, when, when Connor Ben gets sparked out eventually, we'll find out at what level that is. Apparently, it's not this level. Uh, onward and upward, or at least laterally. He goes. Um, touching on quickly, uh, Savannah Marshall uh, took out a pensioner in a handful of rounds. I don't know if any of y'all have anything to say about that. Uh, <laughs> At least said the better, man. That was a right hand just dropped her, eh? I, I would agree. I mean, to be honest, I think Marshall's above that level with stuff, to be honest with you. But uh, obviously, the fight to get made there's uh, Clarissa Shields, isn't it? Got to get that one made. I would watch that. Like, if you talk about women's fights, I would definitely watch that one. Need to pay the quote properly, Andy, though. Come on. What's she wanting? 20 million? At least four or five, in my opinion. She's the quote, after all. That's why we're all calling her the quote. Yeah, when well, she's, got, she's got all these sanction fees for the for all the belts to pay for. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I, uh, I personally, I got to say on that, like, the reason that it was matched that way is because, you know, knockouts are so rare in women's boxing. So they, they try to make it look as exciting as possible when they're trying to build a fighter. Um, and to be fair, Marshall looks all right. She, she looks all right. She's, you know, pretty technically sound, um, you know, but, you know, eh, I, again, I ain't learned shit from watching. All that. I have I, to add, and um, Matty, is one thing which pisses me off. You know, when the original opponent fell out, you heard the old chestnut. This is actually a better opponent coming in here than the original one. So they're trying to shortchange us again. <laughs> yeah, we, we always get fucked. Always. Um, speaking of uh, things that uh, you might like to, uh, no, I ain't gonna go there. Um, also on that card, um, Shannon Courtney uh, eking, uh, winning a wider than expected de decision once the fight was over against Ebony Bridges, who, uh, to be fair, made uh, those of us who are giggling at her and uh, making her look at nothing more than a lingerie model. To be fair, she makes herself look like a lingerie model as well. Uh, came in, uh, she was throwing tight. Sharp punches pushing Courtney back in the first round. Andy, she it this wasn't a bad fight, wasn't a bad fight. It was okay, mate. I mean, I know you would be all over it. Um, I know you love your women's boxing, they uh, try to be you know very open in that, I think. But no, it was a good fight, I suppose. Uh, Bridges, it was the first time, as I say, the first time I've seen her. Um, you to see Gad there uh, joining us. Uh, welcome to him. Um, but I, um, she, she pressed it. Um, 
she I thought I was surprised actually as well because she, she clearly kind of like worked on defending against Courtney's left hook, um, who obviously she was kind of pinging it all night and stuff. But um, scorecards, I, I need to go and pull them up again. But I think there's at least one at least for what I can recall. Was it, it was at 97 odds or something. I think it was pretty poor. I think they only gave Bridges two rounds or something, which I think was pretty poor. I think it was closest. I didn't really kind of like you know plump for a winner, but I, th- I thought maybe. Uh, Courtney maybe just 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 shaded it, I think, but you know, f- fair play to Bridges. You know, she pressed it all the way. Um, mouth was all cut up, badly swollen eye, and that. But you know, she was she, you know she gave everything, and that's why you can ask her the last. Eight, but honestly, you know, limited ability wise, and that uh, to a certain point. Um, you know, she has got some good skills, but I think as I say, she was defending that left hook pretty well from time to time. But um, oh no, she gave it her all. And that's why you can ask at the end of the day. But it was uh, it was it was a competitive, decent fight to be honest. I. Yeah, I, d- I didn't care for the scorecards uh, much. Um, I thought the ninety-seven, ninety-four was was close to reality. Ninety, the ninety-eight, ninety-two was was getting a little bit too far out there. Um, but uh, it, it could be interesting going forward on that one. Uh, I think Shannon Courtney, honestly, if they want a good fight, uh, Amanda Serrano's only you know a handful of pounds north, and women fighters go up and down. And I don't know if you guys are watching, ever. I'm still telling you, Serrano can fucking punch. Um, oddly enough, the, Mate, the you were obsessed with her. You were obsessed with Amanda Serrano. You brought her up last time, dude. For I, no I, reason, you wanted to debate on her, and I don't even think she. Boxed. Well, well, it's and I'll, I'll tell you the reason why this fight also makes sense is the last fight that Serrano had was against a uh, was against the reigning uh, lineal, I think, bantamweight champion. So, not. Oh, um, mate, no, it, I barely seen Serrano box, but she would beat Shannon Courtney without a doubt. Courtney's the fuck good. out. Yeah, Courtney's Courtney's not good. Nah, um, and I think I think last night showed it. Rachel I mean, last Paul, night, proved, yeah. I mean, well, no, I'm not a fan of Rachel <laughs> Ball. I'm just uh, team but, Courtney, no, but, Team Courtney. But, but, um, but but last night proved. I mean, the one thing we learned last night is that Ebony Bridges is a real person and she is a real fighter, um, and she's a hell of a lot better than I think we all gave her credit for. Um, I thought the scorecards were shite. We were talking before, you know, about robberies and things like that. She never stood a chance. To get two rounds on the cards is bollocks. Absolute bollocks. Um I thought it was a fair I thought it was a fair the correct winner, but to give her two rounds is just bullshit. She she boxed a better fight than that. And she caused Courtney problems. And and it was fun and people were saying, Oh yeah, what a brilliant world title fight. Shame on the WBA for sanctioning it, but yes, it was a good fight. It's just convenient a world title was on the line. This was number eight against number nine in the rankings. So we can't even say, you know, like the depth isn't there. I mean, there's, you know, there's there's more fighters above them. But the seven fighters above them, you know, that could have contested for this belt. Um, so, no, I mean, yes, it, but it, it was evenly matched. And I think that says it all. Like we said, I mean, fuck me, the, the last, I mean, they were buzzing over, I think, was it... Um, one of the commentators said, oh, yeah, she's coming off a great win against Carol Earl. What they failed to mention is Carol Earl is, like, 48. And that was, like, <laughs> you know, Ebony Bridges. So, like, let's put some fucking perspective to it. She's fucking 48, Carol Earl. So the fine details not... of me. It's, it's a contract. You've got to write, so, read the fine yeah. detail. <laughs> so let me ask you this. So why, why does Bridges get that much credit for knocking out a 48-year-old woman when my she ex-girl... Oh, she well, didn't knock her out. She went to points. She well, went, that's uh, bullshit, went the distance. Because I was going to say, because no. 
my ex-girlfriend got kicked out of a trailer for knocking out her 48-year-old mother. So it, it just uh, seems unbalanced here. That sounds know? like a WBO title fight could have been it's on the line there, Matt. No, it's it's like real big trash here, by the way. I was going to say WBA, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, like, like I said, it was a fun fight. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, sit and hate on it because it wasn't. Um, you know, it was it was a fun fight. It, it was well matched. Like I said, we've all said it shouldn't have been for a world title. Um, and yeah, and Courtney on paper has achieved stuff, you know, like that many British fighters, you know. Haven't all be you know for whatever reason she's clearly going to fight Rachel Ball next. Um, I said after it, you know, it was a close fight last time. Obviously, we were Team Ball back then. Not sure who because I think one thing we all again this week, Courtney comes across as a horrendous person. You know, a persona's horrible. You know, like she's you know, and and we can speak about it, but Prince Patel. For all the shit he comes out with, managed to unite boxing Twitter, you know, um, which is, you know, a very, very, you know, difficult thing to do. And I'll quote his tweet now. Courtney was happy to be on Sky with no experience and promoted as a good looking woman who lost a lot of weight. But now someone better, better looking comes along who gets more attention and views. It's apparently disrespectful to the sport. And that's right. That is absolutely spot on. And Shannon Courtney kept banging on about why we keep talking about underwear and this and that. And Bridges said it right. If they just turned up and didn't promote it, no one would give a toss. No one would care. And I, I said, Bridges against Courtney was probably the most talked about fight on this undercard. And why was that? For a various amount of reasons. And the fight wasn't the top of and the fight wasn't anything to do with it. Ebony Bridges promoted it extremely well and Shannon Courtney came across as a horrendous person again. And she's just not a likable character. So, yeah, I hope uh, I hope they do pull in Serrano for this and we'll be uh, certainly in Team Serrano. But, you know, we're, we're going to see a lord in this belt around now and, you know, I'm world level, I'm world level. And she's not, she's not world level at all. But we'll wait and see. You know, ultimately, th there's fights to be made. I think Ellie Scottney, um, I think she's at bantamweight, so and she'll smash Courtney to bits. Um, Lisa Whiteside, another one who will be coming in. So there's going to be fights there. Whether I'll watch them, I don't know. But it, it, it was a fun fight for what it was. Uh, was it? Should it have been for a world title? No. Um, and I may get on the ball train if the odds are favourable uh, later on uh, in the year when that fight happens. Well, let's hope things are favorable and you find yourself uh, riding, uh, riding some balls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you're right. They, they do a disservice by calling this a, a title fight. Um, and, um, and again, I also think they do a disservice by doing 10 twos. Um, you need to do 12 threes. Uh, and there would be more stoppages. But uh, anyhow, uh, we move over back to the States. Unless Can I just say something about that? Sure, fight. sure. Let's yeah. talk more women's boxing. You know me. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of women's boxing, as you know. I think if it was 10 threes, there's a chance uh, Bridges would have got stopped maybe in the eighth. I think she got caught with a big right hand right at the end of the round and she was in trouble there. But I've asked before on the podcast and on Twitter if Ebony Bridges was a real boxer. Well, I can confirm that she is because she was tough as hell. And I have to give her a credit, like credit to her. She was slow. She couldn't really punch. But imagine putting in all that effort, right? Imagine fighting through a battered eye, a swollen face. She got badly hurt, as I mentioned, in the eighth round, refused to buckle. 
to then only be awarded a measly, what was it, two rounds, three rounds? What an insult to her after putting all that in. I thought that was a disgrace, to be honest. All while carrying those big bombs around as well. She'd be a flyweight if she got rid of them things at the, at the front. I mean, I felt sorry for her. I think she she really put it in there. She got some good early body work, neglected the body as the fight went on, which may be to her detriment. But Courtney was the better skilled boxer for me. But one thing I noticed, and if anybody else notices, I didn't listen to the commentary. I turned it on mute. I don't listen to the commentary, especially not Sky. But Courtney was brutal with the head, I thought. And I've seen her in a previous fight as well. I don't know if anybody else noticed that too. She was flying that head in. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that wasn't what caused the swelling on Bridges' eye. Mm, good point, actually. Good point. Um, uh, and we, we can probably say as well that Bean was absolutely salivating at the sight of uh, Ebony Bridges in the ring. And, you know, there was a nice story to tell and things. I mean, I, saw, I think we saw him with the uh, you know, at the way in, you know, with his phone out. So who knows what sort of pictures he might have been snapping when the two ladies were on the scales there. But no, you're right about the head. Actually, it's a good point. Um, will she get pulled up on it? Pulled up on it? I'm, I'm not sure. But back to the cards again, Steve. You're absolutely spot on. To, to be awarded two rounds from that. And she put up a decent effort, Bridges. You know, like, it wouldn't shock me, you know, if she goes away, comes back, and she could beat Courtney. You know, it wasn't, you know, lopsided or anything. It was a close fight. It wouldn't shock me again, you know, if they come back in the future, you know, came back in the future and boxed again. Um, I certainly don't think we've seen the last of Bridges either. It wouldn't shock me if she fights Ellie Scottney or Elisa Whiteside or something like that. She'll be, she'll be here to stay because... She's an excellent self-promoter, and that fits the bill for uh, for Eduardo and Mr. Bean. You know, yeah, you she, know. Sh she showed the style, Ben. She showed the substance, and she showed that she was tough and, and fair play to her. I was shocked, because before the fight, I was saying to you and, and Aim, Steve, like, I think this is going to be over in three rounds. So she, she really struck me with the mm -hmm. performance. But just going to what Oz said there, um, Eddie would undoubtedly have put a rematch clause in there, but he'll also have put an option in there it might be a one-fight, two-fight, three-fight option in there, so you can pick her up and, and do things with her. So I wouldn't be surprised if off the back of that... What do you uh, mean, yeah. pick her up and do... What do you mean, pick her up and do things with her? <laughs> she only weighs 118 pounds. I think I could pull that off. But um, uh, and, I, and I just echo the sentiments on the scorecards. They were, they were terrible. But the other thing I noticed about Shannon yesterday was that um, whenever any pressure was put upon her, she... And I don't know if you've already mentioned this, but she really didn't seem to like it. And any time that there was um, any sort of threat or she was hurt by a shot, it, it um, and maybe it's just her facial expressions, but she didn't seem to like it. Like, when someone who's got a bit more class than Ebony um, puts it on her, um, I, I don't think it's going to end well for, for Shannon at all. And also, I don't know if you mentioned uh, Ames's interview that he did with her. He was the only person who asked her about her racist tweets from all the media. So if you haven't seen that, definitely... Um, Go check it out. Just before we move Matt, I want to mention Cash Farouk. Um, he looked good. Um, so it was good to see him kind of get back out again uh, after a while out and stuff like that. So um, obviously pick up a, a, a trinket of some sort. So he'll get some sort of ranking, I would imagine that. But um, I, I'm just going back to reiterating that. I mean, as, as much as a, as a talent he is and stuff, you know, he slips shots pretty well. I don't know he got marked up in that and he got, he got cut in that. But if he just had elite, you know, Fight changing power. I think the sky would be the limit for him actually, because if he could just punch, roll out, roll out the pocket and stuff like like he does when he rolls out under the, under those shots, maybe counter with a right hand or whatever, and that you know, and just turn a fight just, just like that. Um, it would be it be absolutely be amazing. But it just looks like you know, as he goes up through the levels, he's going to have to rely a lot on his skills, his defensive ability. He's he's working in the pocket. He's, you know, he's 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 very good, but um, I just I just think I I'm just 
you bit concerned from as I say he's got levels um when he needs the power I think he's he's gonna be lacking that a wee bit so it'll be interesting to see how they how they progress for here and that but um could you see him back out actually because he needs to be active now. Hopefully he gets active now. And also, uh, you probably caught him in there. Ben Faruqi has joined us. Uh, ben, before we hop over to the uh, Jaron Ennis card over in the States, if you have anything uh, as far as the uh, Smith Jr. Vlasov fight or the uh, UK card from yesterday, feel free to take a few minutes and uh, give us your uh, give us your thoughts. Yeah, mainly just on um, on the Conor Ben Amir Khan thing. I just thought um, some of the response to that was was a bit insane, and I think really uh, this is the same sort of thing that. Eddie did with Kel. So like I, when I worked with Amir, the, one thing I realised over the years was that Eddie is behind this idea that Kel and Amir was this great fight and he's pushed it harder than anyone. And, um, you know, there's that narrative that Amir never wanted it. So that that's almost a contrived narrative as well. It was not based in reality, really. Um, but I think Eddie wanted to push the same sort of thing with Conor now. He knows that Amir is open to the idea of one big fight. Um, obviously, Amir has mentioned the Brook thing again recently. So Eddie knows, he's probably had conversations with Amir about things, so he he knows that, that there's a potential there. But he also knows that Amir's got a big show on BBC, um, etc. So there's a lot of buzz around him right now. So he's just, again, exploiting Amir um, to push another fighter. Um, and it's a shame, really, because that's where a lot of the, the distaste for Amir comes from. Really, these narratives that he's avoiding fighters when it's promoters like Eddie pushing them upon him. So, um, so just from Amir's perspective, I thought that was a bit, a bit crap, really. But um, it was a good performance from Connor. I don't think we should get um, too overexcited because it was Sammy Vargas and and calling out his dad said Sean Porter before the, before the fight. That's insane. Um, there's no way he should be going in with people like Sean Porter. Um, so. And I'm sure Ozzy's probably said this already. You know, you've got McKinson, you've got Jenkins, the British champion. You've only got to European, you've got Avenisian. You should be fighting people like that. Um, and um, yesterday, I was speaking to to Nick Manners um, from part of Josh Warrington's team, and he was saying like, this is just the way that the old path, the proper path that we should tread, is being destroyed. Why isn't he going for Jenkins? Why isn't he following that proper route? And um, really, that's what what Connor should be trying to do. I understand there's a lot of marketing and, and, and thingy behind him because of his dad and and, and all that. Um, and he doesn't have the background of some of these other boxers, but um, really he shouldn't be seeking to try and, you know, take out people like Amir who might be coming back for one big fight and, and doing it that way. I don't, I mean, you know what? I still find the fight attractive in the sense, like it's, I'd rather see that than Khan versus Brooke, you know? I'd rather see Brooke and Liam Smith and, and Khan and, and Ben, but, I, I honestly would prefer Connor to follow a more traditional route and try and come through those fighters because there's no shame in losing to any of those three. If he loses to Avenician, it, I think it would be a good fight and I would, wouldn't, uh, you know, um, put anything against him if he lost in that. I'll, I'll tell you actually, Ben, and the reason why I've actually always kind of wanted to see a Brook versus Con fight is because I think it's an exceptional battle of the jabs. They both have really good jabs. They use it in different ways. And I think... Oddly enough, just as a boxing nerd, think it would be fun based on that and that alone. Um, <laughs> I, I might no, be. Able- I, I, I understand like where some people think like like that. I agree. Uh, what really frustrates me is how a lot of the narrative behind it, like, is has been pushed to be anti Amir, and it's it's 
it's not like based in truth but if from a purist perspective in terms of a fight style yeah it'd be good but i always thought i'd prefer to see smith versus brook and i know i don't understand why I I for that fight you know um so yeah but um each throne i suppose just from a betting perspective though on the ben khan fight um paddy power and betfair put some odds out uh today Connor Ben's the big favourite going into that. He's three to ten, um, and Amir Khan's at five to two. I'd take Khan all day in that fight. We've we've openly said that Ben has not proven himself. You know, he's been matched very wise, um, very clever um, against certain fighters who can't punch. If the men, ref treats Amir but... Khan the same way he treated Samuel Vargas, Amir Khan doesn't have a chance in fucking hell in that fight. And that is Khan, not, Khan wouldn't, that is Khan not wouldn't. any endorsement of Ben either. It's because he Khan will wouldn't. get tagged like that at some point in time. Yeah. But Khan, Khan would not just sit on the ropes there like that and say, and use his head as the only form of defense. Khan would present Ben all sorts of problems, still got speed and things like that. And let's have it right. We've all just said then that Ben is, you know, is, is unproven at domestic level. Amir Khan would be every domestic fighter in Britain at the moment comfortably, and he'd still go and win a European title as well. So let's have it right. He, he's not, don't get me wrong, he's not the fighter he once was. But at the same time as well, would I take him against Conor Ben if they were to box tomorrow? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because like, it's not as if, you know, Khan has, you know, he's had five years off and he's coming back, you know, because, you know, the cash has dried up. I'd take Khan every day of the week. Experience, skill, quality. Ben Shoney can be explosive and things like that, but he's not boxed against, you know, anybody of Khan's style. Khan's speed would cause all sorts of problems. Khan would be the one probably teeing off on Ben, actually, because Ben wouldn't have dealt with anybody like that before. How much so to have does ben he is have a... any now? Oh, I still think he's quick. I don't think you lose he's that. He's quick, you know? but you know. Yeah, but, not... but this is what I mean. Look at look at who he's boxing though. He's boxing boxing a slow and sluggish Vargas, a slow and non-puncturing puncturing Formella as well. There's you know there's a ring to all the fighters that he's going in with. Khan would be a massive massive. Is, step isn't up. Vargas Khan's last win? Um, no, did he, did he not beat um, Dib after Vargas? B- Billy Dib, wasn't he? <laughs> Billy, Billy Dib. Dib. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So he, beat a, feather, he beat a featherweight after that. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, but you, you said, well, you said, was it his last win? And uh, I said, no. So, you, yes, yes, you're, you're correct. But I mean, who gives yeah. a fuck if he, if, if, if his last two victories on his ledger are against Billy Dib and Samuel Vargas, who took Conned a fucking hell, by the way. I don't, you know what? I don't even agree with that. I, well, I don't remember. I was saying this to him, and yesterday I was like, um, did he actually take him? To, I remember, no, he knocked him down, but didn't Amir knock him down before that? I was actually at the fight as well, ringside. I can't well, he, he dropped him in the first, didn't he? He dropped him, but then 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 Vargas dropped Amir, but I don't remember him having him in hell. Like, because Macklin kept no. saying it yesterday in the commentary, like, oh, he nearly had Amir out of that, and I don't remember it like that. But, uh, I, like I said, it's not like I've rewatched it back I, I really can't remember for the life of me but he went 12 rounds he went 12 rounds and got dropped by samuel <laughs> vargas okay like i like the, the I, problem I, is my, i don't think it's amir's speed that's gone much like it's not going to be what it was when he was at his prime but i think more than anything it will be amir's sort of um stamina that's probably drained more than anything out of there it'll be his gas tank that that's not as good 
Um, well, yeah, he can't even get it up in bed anymore. What the fuck can you expect in the ring? He's an old man. His wife fed, said it, Ben. His wife man, said we've, it. We've we've seen we've seen Ben blow his uh, load though in, in the middle of a fight. When Ben goes for it, you know, it takes him rounds to recover. <laughs> <laughs> Which Ben are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Where am I? <laughs> not, enough, not enough breadcrumbs to get back now. Not enough. Um, so wandering over to the States again, I uh, had a pretty decent card. Uh, I don't know uh, if you guys caught the uh, the first fight on there with uh, Derwin Njakas, uh getting a close decision over Jonathan Rodriguez, dropping him in the eighth round. Uh, Rodriguez really providing a, a good test for Njakas. Um So uh, did you guys catch that fight? Andy, I know you caught it at double speed. Ben, did you catch her? I, I watched it. I, I, Excellent. I, I say I half watched it. Uh, um, I was doing other bits and bots of work while it was on, but um, but it was fun. To, I thought it was really exciting. Like, I was shitting on Ankar last week, saying, like, he's never in, uh, you know, he hasn't really done what he, sh- he should have done with that many title defenses. Um, but um, that was an exciting fight. And Rodriguez came back. He, he didn't, you know, he had some balls, that kid, man. That was, um, yeah, I really enjoyed watching it. Um, and I want to see I want to see some of those unifications now as well. Yeah, it's it was a it was a very good performance. The tough thing with uh, with Jax is that he um, he's good, but he's not great. Um, he is Andy. I'd say at the very least, I'd call him underwhelming, and I just don't know where he fits into a stacked 115 pound division. It, well, Titleist, I, mean, I mentioned it before, you know, he's, he's number four for me in, in, in that division. I don't know if uh, Ioka is going to be remaining there at 115 for, for much longer, to be honest. He's at WBO title. But uh, I, I agree with Ben. I, was, I, had, uh, I was struggling for time today, so I actually did a Steve Wellens and put the fight on double speed. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, it looked competitive as such. Um, I did think at times in Cajas was, was kind of like teeing off and then Rodriguez would then have tons coming back at him and stuff. But um, and Cajas won the fight for me. But um, I think maybe Rodriguez is one of those guys who's like, um, not much a victim, but he's certainly a kind of successor. They kind of like ranking and body politics and stuff. He's number three. Mexicans, run about that weight, are tough in that anyway. You know, you'll probably be able to fluctuate between different weight divisions and stuff. But um, yeah, well, end of the day, and Cajas is like, he was mentioned before the fight and that as well. I, I want uh, Gonzalez and stuff. Like, dude, you've had like six years to want Gonzalez. You've had the title for six years. You know, you've had a strata to kind of fight. You know, there's been fights here for him to kind of have that, like unifications and stuff. And I agree with you. At the end of the day, we want to see him fight Ioka. We want to see him fight Estrada eh, or a Gonzalez or a Rungvisai and stuff. But um, I don't know. I mean, he's still signed with Manny Pacquiao, I believe. Um, I I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I really don't. Um, For Bob, at least, it's it's another title holder. Um, He can keep... Kind of like putting through the ESPN route and stuff like that if you want, but I thought, is he still with Bob Axe? I don't know. I don't know who that he is, you know. I heard I that when he was making his defences, he was getting paid absolute peanuts. Is he another yeah. one of these ones, Andy? Maybe who's got about flipping 10 advisors hanging around. I don't know. I'm, I'm just guessing. Possibly. I think he's with him, is he? What do you call Sean Gibbons. Sean Gibbons, I see. No, he's yeah, manager, co manager. Yeah, I mean, there's just looking online here, there's a bad left hook article from January saying it's short, saying, uh, Saying Sean Gibbons is his promoter, yeah, yeah. So he'd be kind of like he'd be the front man for Pacquiao, basically. He'd be running the business yeah. or the or the promotional company for Pacquiao. Um, yeah, yeah but um, 
Look, mate, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, 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 I do think he's there to be taken against. I mean, you, for example, with the beats on Edwards, I think he probably would. Um, uh, Andrew Maloney, I like to see him get another chance at world title. Uh, maybe put him in Minkahas. Um, maybe Bob can maybe make that one work out. I don't know. Um, Quadras would be a good fight for him, I think. Even though Quadras is probably well faded by this point, or he's certainly got a lot of miles in the clock and that. But um, yeah, it's just, it's just again, I, I didn't want to kind of bang him back to it, but it's just been a rather mediocre title reign. That's all it is, and you know, maybe he'll come good at the end. Of it. I don't know. M- maybe in two years' time or something, after another five, six defenses and stuff, he's he's going to then step up and going to give us a unification fight, and he'll, he'll turn the business. You just don't know. But at the minute, until that day comes, and I, I'm no, I'm no really kind of rushing to watch or rewatch his fights at any time. I can't. I can't rate him inside the top five of a division where he's a tight list. I Estrada, Gonzalez, Ioka, Rungvisai, and um, who the hell else was I thinking above him? There's one more, and I I lost it first. The WBI have about another five, don't they? If you want to start mentioning yeah. them, but yeah. but but it, I I don't know, and I kind of think it's a miracle this guy's held a title that long. I'm not saying that he's not good and he doesn't have a quality. He's oh. kind of he's like a poor, I I describe him as a poor man's Pacquiao. I mean, would you, would you guys argue with that? Well, I don't know. I was going to actually ask the question and stuff. I do know he was he was, he was in the Philippine Navy. I don't know if he's a reserve or anything like that, or if he's doing what do you call it. Uh, national service and stuff, but I do know he was at, I think he had it on his shorts there last night, kind of like the navy and, and blazing and that on his on his on his trunks and stuff. I, I don't know if that's maybe factoring, uh, you know, what he does fight wise and stuff. And you know, I, I don't know, but it's just it's just an observation that I've I, I, I heard he was in the navy and that I think some of his fights and stuff had actually taken place on navy bases and stuff because during he was doing exercises and stuff and he couldn't get away with it, so they, they held the, the event on on the base for him and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it was it was a good fight last night, but at the end of the day, that guy, as I say, is, I've never seen him before. I think it was his first time he went 12 rounds there last night, I believe, that guy. So, do you see him being a world champion anytime? Possibly, but no, this current crop of super flyweights. I just nah. want to see Ankahas just step it up and just put him in a, a, a real fight. Not so much a real fight, you know what I mean? I want to see him in with one of the top guys. That's, that's all I can say. I want to see him in with the top guys in that because he's, he's held that about horses now for five, six years. And it's um, it's time, it's just, it's just time for, for the fans really to kind of see him, right, okay. You know, it's trying to make way want that third belt as well, for Christ's sake. Uh, Andy, right? there's but, one guy's you... name who, who tips off the tongue for me, number 11 in the IBF rankings, Iaktawan Mokrung the Fothonbury. What about <laughs> what about him? That's that good. What is that? Is that a tie or is that an African? <laughs> Andy, do you think he beats any of those top top few guys in the division? Um, well, who, who have we got? Let me give me a second to the Polish Gonzalez, Ayoka. No, I don't think he does. No, at this point, it doesn't beat Gonzalez. Uh, doesn't beat Rungvis. Well, yeah. Doesn't beat Rungvisai at this point, even though he's, he's getting old. Yeah. Tanaka. Tanaka is who I was thinking that I would rate higher than uh, than Tanaka. than Jacques too. Tanaka got, got smashed up off Ioka, and I think he's but, too but, high but, in weight at one fifty. But that's Ioka, man. Yeah, I know, but I, I think Tanaka is, is is too small for one fifty. He should be. He's a natural one twelve, I think, at this point. That kid went up there for a legacy fight, and it was a natural fight to get made. Japan, you know. It was a it was a big big deal thing. It was legacy for Ioka and it was big money as well, so to speak. But um, he gave up a belt to go up and wait to take that fight as well. So I, I to me at least he should be back down and wait. 
Um, he always he's always got problems with his defence and stuff like that. There's times he can fight responsibly, so other times he just takes absolute hellacious punishment. So he should be doing it one twelve. Um, you, you know, the two Edwards, the two Edwards brothers are up at uh, one one fifteen. I think at this point, Andrew Maloney. I, I think uh, Andrew Maloney would be a good fight. Um, I guess got a points thing on it. What about Dorian Yetes? What about that fight? I mean. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how I forgot about that. Yeah, Nietis, I I would argue actually, and a fair bit of decent side conversation here. I would argue that Nietis is possibly the most underrated fighter of the past decade. Well, yeah. Well, I suppose if you think about how long it took Gonzalez to get really to the the top table, or to get you know the mainstream, you know, attention. Um, yeah, he's just probably kind of suffering for that as well. But at the end of the day, he's, he's been kind of always been floating about those those lower weights. Another one as well, actually, for time to time, who's really done the unification fights, for what I can recall. Long-standing WBO champ at, was it, was it one light flyweight, I think, for many years. Just, it's just been the last few years he started stepping up and taking the bigger fights on the bigger stages and stuff. But, you know, even even for him, what I see, he must be late 30s now, so he must be coming at the end. And, you know, for that age again, at that weight, it's ancient, you know. Natus is 38, I think. Yeah, so you, you got like uh, Rungvisai, Quadras, Quivera. These guys are all kind of like late, late or mid to late thirties. Um, Jimenez, I think, has been around about the, the block a fair time and that as well. So you know, I, I would say you know, Prince Patel's ranked the uh, number nine in the WBA for Christ's sake. So the Panamanians. And Francisco, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Francisco, he's got the global belt as well. And he's another one, Francisco Rodriguez. He actually fought uh, at minimal weight. I think. I think he fought Taka, uh, Takayama. A minimal mate, <coughs> a good fight in Mexico, but that's another division probably the next couple of years that's going to thin out a wee bit actually as well. For some of the old school going on, maybe, maybe like Gonzalez, Estrada, Rung Visay, and that might be kind of washing out in the next couple of years or stuff. So, you know, the belts are kind of going to be up for you know, up for grabs and stuff. But just going back to Ben Cajas, I just want to see, I would love, I would love to see him in like Estrada and that. You know, obviously, I mean, if he was in there, Estrada, Gonzalez, Ioka, Rung Visay, next and stuff, to me, I think he's an underdog. Purely because we've never seen him up at that level yet, so. Beat Jamie Conlon, didn't he? I'm pretty sure. Wasn't it on one of the Phantom under cards? I was at that. Ah, it was in Belfast, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was in the Odyssey. Yeah. Well, oh, hey, there's Rob. Right on. Rob. Yo. Hey, man. We're uh we're in the middle of the uh, Jared Ennis card, but if you have anything interesting to say about uh, the Smith Junior Connor Ben, feel free to speak your piece. Are you eating a bag of chips or something, or crisps as you might say? You're asking a lot of questions, dude. I don't. I, know. I am, motherfucker. I am. <laughs> stay quiet, Rob. Stay quiet. There's too many questions to answer in one go. Um, never ask yeah. Irishman too many questions, Matt. You automatically think he's a spy, you know. <laughs> All right, let's what? try one that you might understand. Would you like to go to the pub? Well, look, whatever you say, say nothing. All right. Um, what was I going to say to you? Uh, yeah, Smith, uh, Vlasov um, didn't really go as I predicted. I predicted a Joe Smith blowout, which was far from the case. Um, I can see why... The house fighter, if Joe Smith Jr. is can ever be a house fighter, why he wins it? Because he probably brings more to the table in terms of future draws. Although listening to him this week, uh, he wants a rematch with Bivol and said that he only looked for one big shot uh, the first time with Bivol, but this time he throws combinations and can set shots up. 
Um, I don't think Bivol's going to be too worried after seeing the Vlasov fight last night, although he might be. He said he caught him with a heavy shot in the first fight. Um, and listeners, avid listeners of the show will remember that I forgot that fucking fight happened in the first place and was uh, lobbying B- Joe Smith as a future opponent for Bivol. Um, haven't already lost to him. So, uh, I, I, you know, look, Joe Smith, I... The Joe Smith fights where he goes the distance never is entertaining. You know, when he broke his jaw against Sullivan Brera and everything, it's not as entertaining. You need the fireworks with Joe Smith Jr. Um, apparently, he's been working on setting up the big shot. Didn't really see it last night. Vlasov, I suppose, could feel had done by, you know, a lot of commentators, a lot of um, pundits said it was a harsh decision. Um, it's one of those fights, close fights with a clear winner, but I think Vlasov was the winner in that one, so... I'm not going to cry about it too much because I don't fucking care too much about Joe Smith Jr. or Maxim Vlasov. Um, Connor Bain, I liked it. I liked it. I thought in, in real time when I watched it, I thought it was a little bit of a premature stoppage. Although looking at the replay, I don't think Vargas is going to have too many complaints. Caught cold and Ben did exactly what he was supposed to do. Something I hadn't really noticed too much and he didn't get to see it much of it last night, but something that's worth noting. Worth noting. Um, the Daz talked up his jab and he actually... He set everything up off the jab last night and saw bits of it against Formella. I think he won a lot of people over with Formella with the Formella win and his post-fight interview. But I don't want to see the same fucking post-fight interview anymore. Even Ed, just tell him to relax, man, will you? Tell him to relax and let him fucking just get on with the fight. Now, he doesn't have to be all hyped up and try to, with a point to prove and get Amir Khan on the phone and all this shit. Like, would you just, It was boring last night. It was. I felt like the first time he did it, it came from a place of real emotion. And cynics might say that Eddie has told him to do that again this time because it's like, oh, look at him. He's so intense after the. Now, I get it. He's hyped up. He's just beat a, uh, beat a guy that a lot of people thought he couldn't beat. But he's there on merit now, right? So you're in. You're going to be fighting top 15 fellas, top 20 fellas. Then you're there on merit. So you have to be doing it. We can't do this. We can't keep going down this narrative with him that, oh, he came to the sport so late and look what he's achieved. He's fucking in the mix now and he's been in the rankings for a long time based on paying the sanctioning fees. So he's in the mix and he's going to have to fight these guys. I absolutely love the Amir Khan fight for Conor Ben. Love it. Evening, Ed. Um, I think that's a great move, but the only person it's a great move for is probably Conor Ben. I think you're getting Amir Khan at a stage of his career where, look, we were saying on the pod four years ago, Amir should retire, man. He doesn't even speak the same anymore. Like, There's only so many of those concussive knockouts that you can take. Now, I'm not for a minute suggesting that Conor Ben walks through Amir Khan or beats him easily or anything like that, but Amir Khan's activity, he's kind of, he's at the end of his career, like he's, he's probably 10 years past his prime, being honest, it's 2021, like when was the last time Amir Khan was in his, in his full prime, like I mean you see, you see um, shades of what he was when he's, when he's blown away Phil LaGreco, etc, but um, I think he's well, well past it, like and it's, it's probably a fight that only benefits Conor Ben unless there's a world title there, so I don't see that fight, in, that fight happening, but good keeping his name out there, it's Stay like, the yeah, fuck can't... away from Sean Porter, by the way. Stop calling out for Sean Porter. As much as I detract from Sean Porter's style and say he's horrible to watch and his dad's a weirdo. Sean Porter's manhandling Conor Ben. Manhandling him. And don't fucking tell me. And I can't see it. Like, that's Sean Porter that gave that brought Earl Spence to within an inch of fucking losing. And if Spence hadn't dropped him in the later rounds, nobody would have complained if Porter got the decision. I don't think he's there yet. We're going to see him. Like, he, you know, I always said before, the division is kind of against him in terms of the talent there. It is pretty stacked in the PBC landscape, etc. So it is going to be hard to find big money fights for him. 
um, without him getting his ass kicked. But look, I'm all for him fighting these guys. And if he's he's in the mix and he's he's fucking exciting and he's bringing a crowd to the table, he could be the heir to the fucking matchroom Anthony Joshua crown. That might all that talk might be a little bit premature. But put it this way, I'm excited to see Conor Bain. I'm all for it. And as much as we slagged him off here over the years, over the build up and some of the opponents and that, he's definitely turned that around. He's put himself in the mix, but he has to back it up now. And I don't want to see any more of these fucking interviews, man. Just relax, like relax. People like you know. Just do the job in the ring and focus on that. I think Can just sorry, mate. Just to finish off, my I think Can's tweeted it's pretty much torpedoing the fight unless there's like some sort of world title on the line. Uh, it's not going to be happening next year. That I makes sense. So. Last night, it, 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 after Conor won, or I was speaking to him while the fight was on. It's not. It's not like the the dis- from well, unless he's not said it to me. It's not like they're discussing it. I don't think it's um, it's something that's in any sort of advanced stage. You know, Eddie might have mentioned it in passing to him if they'd spoken, but I, I um I don't think there's anything there really serious. No doubt it's true. Put Ben in with Josh Kelly. Hey, I'd love to see that by the way. Yeah, I just I just thought of that. I, I it makes sense. Cool. Everybody agrees. I'll take the silences. Fucking hey, you're right, Matt. <laughs> I think cool. Josh Kelly not fifty four though. Is he cool? What's that? Just, Just Kelly not a fifty-four. Well, he, he was going to go to fifty-four for Avenisian, wasn't he? Um, or that's what they wanted to do uh, um, when they cancelled it one of the times. But yeah, he has really struggled to make one forty-seven. But for me, Conor Ben with any of those decent domestic European level welterweights, that's what I want to see next. Cool. Well, Ed, we just did your job for you. You're fucking welcome. Send us a check. All right. So uh, uh, back onto the states card. Um, you guys got me to add uh, Stan Jonas. Uh, sorry, by... sorry, sorry, Matty. Sorry. What? I think you're, I think you're skipping what? over the one of the, the co-main event from last night pretty quickly there without coming to me for my opinion on Shannon I asked Courtney for your versus... opinion about the cards. We already Ooh, talked about women's boxing Shannon like Courtney and Ivani Bridges. I tell you what, right? I know we should have very, very quickly. Ebs. She's going to rise like a phoenix on her leg anyway for the next uh, for her next performance. But credit where credit's due, they had a right good scrap. I'm not going to go waste any time talking about it, but they did have a right good stra- scrap. I thought the sca- scorecards were a little bit harsh on Ibani um, in terms of how wide they were. No, no jokes coming to follow that. Um, I just think that uh, yeah, it was it was a right out scrap. We 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 do. Um, give the women's boxing stick a lot and those two characters in particular where I have to give credit to both of them for a good fight. So I move on there. Go ahead. Yeah, it was, it was fun. So, uh, so yeah, you guys got me talked into the idea that Stan Jonas was definitely going to knock out Delorme. I well, should... you backed it, did you? I, I, yeah, I, I thought, yeah, yeah, sure. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, I, I'll tell you what. I, Sorry, I learned... mate. That was, that no, was me. That was my I fault. think I said Delorme yeah. was fiddling about a bit, so I'm taking a, a yeah. W on that well, one. We'll, we'll go for that. You know, I'll say this, Steve, that was, um, uh, Stan Jonas has an exceptional jab. He could have one of the best jabs in the sport, but that was probably the most disciplined performance I've ever seen from Delorme. Usually, about the after the sixth round, something's going to happen. He knew. That's why he knew. Mm. But yeah. yeah, 
No, I was. I thought Stanley Onis did okay. His job was good. I like he had a smile on his face. Seemed like he was enjoying it. He seemed like he was visibly learning during the fight. And Delorme was giving him the rounds and putting the work in. Delorme is a skilled fighter. I think he will fall against the top guys now, and he's past his prime. But he's got that Yuri Orkis Gamboa kind of, of way about him. But I think Delorme is a good fighter. And I said last week that I felt he would mess Stanley Onis about. I think this was the perfect fight for Stanley Onis. It was eliminator as well. One thing I noticed during the fight, which was sort of tangentially related to the two of them, but the PB. PC put up like a graphic in between one of the rounds and they said the, the top five welterweights, Mate. They had Errol Spence at number one, which I agree with. Terence Crawford at number two, which is fine. Pacquiao at three. Your Dennis Ugas sneaking at number four and Keith Thurman what? at number five. And I, well, I, this, what? the interesting, what I thought here was, right, why have they got your Dennis Ugas coming at number four? And then it started to make sense to me. I could be completely off here, but I'm wondering, could Ugas be p- primed oh, as the right. next opponent for Spence? Because Crawford-Spence ain't going to happen. Pacquiao-Crawford, maybe. Pacquiao-Spence, I don't know. It doesn't seem like something that's going to happen. Then all of a sudden, at number four, the PBC have got your Dennis Ugas sliding in there. Could we be seeing Errol Spence against Ugas next? Just saying. Well, the IBF have got him ranked at 147 Ugas. Well, there you go, then. <laughs> but, but, no I mean to say, mate, a phone call and a wee brew envelope, maybe in two weeks' time, and the, the rankings got updated three weeks later, that Mr. Uh-huh. Ugas makes an appearance for about the top ten somewhere. Yeah, I didn't check the rankings there, but I thought that was quite interesting. But yeah, uh, Stanionis obviously needs more more reputation. Um, he needs more seasoning, doesn't he, Stanionis? I think. But he showed good raw tools. He can definitely punch. Uh, they can work with him in the corner to just vary his attack up a little bit, get the feet moving a bit quicker. But there's there's plenty of raw materials to work with. And I think the Delormo fight, Andy, was perfect for him on, the, on this stage. Yeah, I think so as well. Matty, I'm sorry, mate. Listen, I th- I've, I've looked at it last, uh, last week in that Stanionis, and I, th- I really liked him. Uh, very, very strong, very, very thick guy, as I say. I mean, in the day, um, I got told that he was 1 to 2 for the, for the KO. That was in the UK market, at least. So that was, I, I don't know what it was for the for the points, wouldn't it be honest with you? But I think he'd be favourite to win by knockout. Um, certainly pressed for it. I mean, if you look at like today, the last two rounds, I thought he was really you know, pushing it. He was certainly kind of like jogging at his opponent, trying to kind of like press it, really trying to kind of. Uh, Get, get the, I thought you tried to get stoppage at least in that, but Delorme was if he, he boxed really well. Um, didn't he kind of you know, stand in the pocket for too long, kind of like let his shots off and go out of dodge and stuff, and kind of made standing on kind of like follow him about the ring and try and kind of cut him off and stuff. Really having to kind of think about what he was doing and cut the ring off pretty well and stuff. But yeah, his jab was exceptional. Um, very strong kid. Wasn't so many uppercuts from last week. Uh, sorry, sorry, last night it's what I'm seeing in the past and stuff, but. I agree with Steve that there is there is a lot of intangibles there to work with and stuff, and certainly there's room for improvement definitely. But you know, the guy's now ranked in the top ten of uh, uh, the the BA. Um, I've not checked about anybody else yet, at least not. But certainly he's a good addition to 147, man. Um, definitely. I mean, you've got Garcia leaving. You know, you wonder how long Spence and Crawford are still going to be around and stuff. So you know, it's it's good that a guy like that's coming through. And um, I would they say the standing honest in that as well would be an ideal opponent for like say Avanessa and maybe trying to get a world title fight for uh, Eliminator. Um, I don't know, like say Garcia for example. I don't think he would kind of look at that fight, but certainly at this point, standing honest is going kind to of looking at opponents and stuff who are kind of just below the kind of fringe level at the minute because uh, title fights are going to be hard to come by at the minute and that as well. So plus he's, I think he's with the, BB, the PBC and that, so I think they'll kind of like look after him and kind of get him a, a title fight at some point. And that. Spence Ugas seems to be a go-around, according to Joe Kennedy in the chat. Ugas holds one of the yeah. WBA belts, so it would be some yeah. form of unification alongside Castaño Charlo. So it looks like that, that, that is going ahead. 
One of the and some four makes for a lot of fractions, telling me it's fucking meaningless. Well, I just pulled up the rankings for the WBAs as you were talking there, actually, and it was actually um, he's actually got the super belt. You guess? Hmm. Has he? Huh. Well, was it was he upgraded? No, like, no, because he would have actually unified to get the super, wouldn't you? Yeah, but he won the vacant belt. He won the vacant belt for some reason, right? <laughs> they snuck that right by us. <laughs> but you then, sly bastards. But you know, Jamal, did Jamal James no beat Delorme for some sort of WBA trinket? Who, who yes, he's he interim. Isn't he interim, uh, James? I think. Yeah, I thought the ball regular. But no, if you look at the WBA rankings, right, they're actually going to have him down as world champ. Because remember, Pacquiao got downgraded to recess champion. Oh, yeah. James has yeah, the world according to Taika. And Ortiz has apparently got the old title, Ben. Am I right? Am I wrong? I, f- I can't mind. I, I thought I thought Ugas had the regular. And then when you said like Pacquiao's gone into recess, so they've upgraded him to... They've upgraded Ugas to super in that. Yeah. In that, I think so that's that would mean James is interim champion with up to world champion. And then... Yeah. Have any of you guys seen the movie Basketball with the South Park guys? No, but... <laughs> right. so, yeah, so it's this new sport. So anyway, they're describing the way the playoffs work. And they're saying, so uh, the beers have to go complete in the Eastern Northwestern against the, uh, against the felons. And if they win that, it brings their ma- magic number down to three. And then if so-and-so beats so-and-so in the Southwestern East Northern, then that blah, 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 blah. And if none of this works, it'll be decided by a two-man sack race on consecutive Sundays. That's how the fucking title picture sounds to me. What in the fuck is going on, WBA? What in the fuck? <laughs> Four belt holders, by the way. In one division. Tell you what, as well, by the WBA. Amir Khan's been a bit disrespectful, Ben. I don't know if you want to text him this or anything, but he said... Uh, Maybe if Conor Bain had some belts on the line. Does he not care about the WBA Continental fucking Championship? What does he think that is? Nothing? <laughs> the vast majority of these divisions by Avera go between four and three titleists with, with the WBA. But the vast majority has got three, three title holders. It's just insane, man. Heavyweight's the best. Heavyweight's got four. Heavyweight's got four. Uh, big Trev and that. You know, fucking <laughs> Super Flyweight's got three. You've got, you've got Welterweight's got four. You've got... Um, Three super lightweight. You've got three welterweight, as I say. You've got three super welterweight. Thankfully, you've only got two at middleweight, uh, and you then you can see super middleweight. It's just a fucking farce, man. Put your wankers. Fucking hell. None of it makes it is none of it makes sense except it's it's all for sanctioning fees and basically what they've done is what they used to do for you know uh, just for positioning fights and things like that. They've slapped a belt on it now. Uh, it's incredibly stupid, and um, yeah. And that's about all I have to say about that. But back to uh, Stan Jonas. Um, ben, let me say this, man. Um, when I look for someone that I think is going to have a really uh, successful career, top-notch, I look for a lot of things. And I didn't see some of that from Stan Jonas. Uh, he didn't know how to really vary the speed of his punches. Everything you know, was a fastball. There weren't really any change-ups in there. Uh, his jab was the only thing that separated him. His footwork was awful. Uh, do you think this guy uh, clearly showed a ceiling last night? Uh, again, I didn't catch all of the fight. I haven't caught up with it all yet. I had it on in the background, but I was working at the same time through the night. Um, but um, so I can't really say much on, on what I think about him. Like you said, there, there seems to be bits missing from him. Uh, uh, and right now, at the top level, where where, he, where where can he go? What I don't know if he can get past a lot of these guys at the top right now. Um, a few years, maybe. 
Will he be mixing it? I, I have a feeling maybe he'll be hang, still hanging around below the top five guys, um, even when the likes of uh, Spence, Crawford, etc., aren't um, you know aren't about anymore. You know, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I actually think it's a great uh, segue into our next fight because I think that uh, Stan Jonas is going to have a very similar career to uh, somebody like Lipinets, who uh, just uh, for the first time in his career absolutely got obliterated with boots and is beating the crap out of him, stopping him with a nice right hook, uppercut combination uh, for uh, another solid winner's career. It, it's Steve, it's just for me, it's the way that he did it. He demolished a very durable fighter. Wellings on the money, by the way. Call this down to the down to the knockout, I believe. Yeah. Well, I think Steve's saying he's gone for a quick slash. Oh, okay. Well, Andy, why don't you take that? I'm sorry, I didn't see the comment. Um, yeah, I mean, it was well, Steve called it last week, and you know, I kind of like basically agreed with him and stuff. It was a, it was absolutely impressive. Um, I absolutely love looking at this kid. Um, I actually want to get Steve's thoughts on something I was going to ask actually in that as well, but absolute beat down. Beat down the highest order, man. I mean, I know Boxrec have got him listed as an orthodox fighter, but I'm telling you, he is so so smooth as a southpaw, man. He is absolutely frightening. You know, if when he goes orthodox, he's got good jab and that right hand, straight right hand is money. Money, but then when he goes when he goes orthodox, that right hand as well turns into a right hook. It's even even brutal, right uppercuts. Yeah, you know, I I just think when he goes southpaw, man, he he looks just looks far smoother than what he does as an orthodox. I don't know if I'm picking that up wrong. Shades but, of Crawford, um, brother. Shades possibly, of Crawford. Possibly, but um, uh, and uh, I would say I don't know if Steve's back yet, but I really want to get his thoughts on that as well and robbing that as well. But I think um, obviously, I mean, he, what is he, twenty two, twenty three? Still physically got to, got to fill out in that, but I'm going to call it right now. Him, him against Virgil Ortiz, I'm calling Gerard uh, Ennis is going to beat him, and I'm going to yes. say he's going to knock him out. He's going to knock out Virgil Ortiz. I've, and Steve, you, you, you know, me and you have spoken about Ortiz quite a fair bit now, the last couple of months and stuff, but um, mm-hmm. I've went back now over the last two, three months watching Ennis and that, and I'm like, nah, man, this this guy could be the business. And that last night, just to take Lippinets apart like that, who's a solid pro, man, good amateur background in that, he's been kickboxing, that type of stuff. He got made to look like he was ordinary, absolute ordinary there last night. Took it apart in every fucking prospect, every part of it, man. I know he landed a few shots here and there and stuff, but ultimately, you know, especially around five and six, you could hear... Ennis kind of really, kind of like really grunting, really putting meat behind the shots. stuff, really wanting to kind of get the show over with, and he done it well. McCanty um, obviously finally kind of took mercy and just called the fight off with, the, with that left hand that kind of finally dropped him and stuff. But round three as well, I mean, he, Ennis just he just started beating the shit out of Lepinet's body shots, uppercuts off of the southpaw stands, and then obviously he got the left uppercut that dropped him in, in round four. Um, tremendous performance, and you know. We'll wait and see. I was surprised actually as to how low he's ranked with the with the with the rank uh, the sanctioning bodies and stuff. But off that last night and what I've seen seen in the previous fights and stuff and what I've gone back to watch and stuff, that kid has got so much talent and the ability to switch it and to have the power on both stances is absolutely frightening. So I'm going to call it. He beats Ortiz, and as long as he can be disciplined and continue to make one forty seven. 
I'm going to call it, he's going to dominate and potentially be the man at 147 for years yeah. to come. I agree, man. I think Ennis is looking like the truth at the moment. Uh, uh, last week, I said he would beat the living shit out of Lippinets, but even I didn't expect it was going to be this bad. I felt Lippinets might have a bit of success early on, maybe like Ponce de Leon did against Broner back in the day. And later on, Ennis would start carving him up and it would be a bloody mess and he'd get him out of there. But it was an uncomfortable watch at times. It was a bad mismatch, actually, in reality. Maybe we should have seen that coming. I don't know. Lippinets, he just looked heavy, he looked small for the weight. Ennis was tearing over him, using the jab, using the body shots. It was like, you know, when you're fighting against your younger brother or something, you put the hand on the head and they're trying to hit you and you're sort of like just keeping them at bay. It was just, he was so much bigger than Lippinets. He has no business doing up at that weight. And Ennis looked the truth to me. He looked absolutely brilliant. So I th- well, the one thing I will say is, there's some kind of promotional issues. He's not technically with the PBC as yet. I think he's maybe signed to, I want to say Cameron Duncan, maybe Middendorf. They're having some kind of legal issues at the moment over who owns his contract and his signature. So that's something that needs to be played out. Sign with the PBC, hopefully, and he'll move on to bigger and better things. I want to see him fighting someone his own size. And I mean, Lippinets was getting embarrassing for a former world champion as well. Wailing away, head literally head down, wailing away like a novice trying to hit him. Just couldn't get near him. And this is going to be hard to beat. I like the Crawford comparisons as well. That's exactly what came to my mind when I was watching him go southpaw. I'm looking forward to seeing him maturing. You know, I mean, oh, sorry, mate. I was just going to say, do you think he's more fluid as a southpaw than he is orthodox? I think he just looked great in both stances, to be honest. I mean, I don't want to be juicing too much over the fella, but he just looks he's looked like he's got all the tools at the moment. The jab with both hands, the movement in and out. He treats opponents with contempt. Hopefully, it won't go to his head, but he's just he just got that arrogance and that confidence about him. He just hits people and away they go. I know it's stupid because he's like 27 and 0, 25 knockouts. Hasn't really fought anybody yet who's going to hit him back, and it might be getting ahead of ourselves, but at the eye test at the moment, he ticks all the boxes for me within both stances. Orthodox exactly, just worked better for him. Or, or it worked better for him because once he was able to get his foot outside of Lippin Yetz, he was able to line up that left uppercut. I think the, I think he is fluid, just as fluid one way or to the other, Andy, but I, it's just sure. he needed that angle for that left uppercut, and he fucking got it, and yeah. he was cracking him for a few straight rounds with that shot. So Yeah, he gets it for sure. But what I was going to say, I mean, it probably ties in with what Steve was saying about his promotional pro- situation if there is one there because I was say I was quite surprised as to how low he's ranked, you know, with some of the sanction bodies. So maybe that kinda of maybe ties in with these issues. And you know how it is if you weigh the if you weigh the big guys and that your your promotional body you so your 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 ranking is usually kinda of, you know a wee bit higher than that usually. No no like number nine and number seven and stuff. I mean you think about um some of the fighters not in front of him, you know, I think he's uh, definitely top five at least any of those bodies. I tell you, um, Garage Grill Boxing on Instagram, really good um, boxing page um, for, for a lad I know from Philly. So I don't want to take the credit for I want to give him the credit for this um, comparison. But touching to Paul Williams about um, about Ennis, not in terms of style, but just in terms of how big he is and how he's a fucking yeah. nightmare. He's a nightmare to match make. So if he's not with PBC officially, don't think they're going to be rushing him in like, to, fucking, to take any of their top guy spots because from what I've seen of him like I think Thurman would be a brilliant move up for him now I think Thurman's been inactive enough that he could you know he's lost a step I think over the last few years and I think it'll he's be another he's for that one though aye uh, big time so that's what I'm saying so it's like you know your man made the point that um, Paul Williams was kind of ushered out of the welterweight division and that you remember Luda Bella said they're not letting anyone fight that guy so I don't know, like if he's gonna if he's gonna get the the opportunities because of how good he is and how big he is and how long he's gonna be at uh, forty seven. But 
fuck me, you'd love to see him stepped up after that performance, especially you said last week, like this is a fight probably to make him look good at this stage of his career. Steve did say that he was going to smash Lipinets up. I don't, I, I kind of went along with the stoppage, but again, I'm surprised as well how he beat the fucking shit out of him, man. He just beat the living shit out of him. So off that performance, I'd see him, I could, might be a big call now, but I'd still say he beat Thurman. So how do you make these fights? How do you get him up the rankings in the, if he's not officially with PBC? It might be some, you know, if he's not with the, one of the big boys, it's going to be tough to for anyone to want to take a fight with this fellow without getting paid massive money for it. So, hopefully, the the fights get made because he is he's exciting, like he's very good. Ben, ben, ben I, I have this weird feeling in me that uh, for all the work he's done, uh, putting in a few nice victories and uh, looking good on cards where they uh, where they want people to be entertained, that Josecito Lopez is going to be rewarded with the Jaron Ennis fight. Poor Josecito. Ben, did you leave us there? Oh, he might have. So uh, let's see here. But yeah, I, I personally think that um, personally, I think that uh, we could be seeing that moving forward uh, as his next fight because uh, he's going to need another name. He's going to need someone uh, that can give him some rounds uh, and give him some different looks. And if you if you look at the record that they built with Ennis, which is tremendously interesting, uh, they've they've really put him in a lot of fights. Uh, in short periods of time, they're moving them old school. You know, they're they're not. It's not a clear step by step process uh, as far as fight to fight. They're just keeping them active and just kind of moving them up these long rungs of the ladder. Uh, so I, who you know who knows how many fights he'll have before he actually gets a title fight? Will it be thirty or more? I don't know. Uh, we shall see on that one. Uh, we did have a question in our uh, today regarding this from Joe Kennedy. He asked. Outside of Crawford and Spence, is there anyone at 147 you wouldn't put Ennis in with next? Uh, that, Steve, that's a great question. I I, I would feel, I, I guess it depends on how the promoter looks at it, because uh, if you're wanting to protect some moneymakers for you, you're damn right that you're not going to put the, them in with your own Ennis. But uh, if, if you're on the side of you want him to shine, you could feed him pretty much everybody. Or feed pretty much everybody to him, I think. Um, he's ready for most of them. Whether he'll go in with them or not, I don't think so. It's going to take something big with the more impressive performances uh, to get opponents, possibly, unless he starts climbing those rankings. As Andy said, he seems quite conspicuously low down in the rankings, which might be a result of the promotional situation. He is, for all intents and purposes, PBC. It's, it's just something I think that needs to be finalised. Someone needs to be got out of the way, maybe paid. Uh, but I don't really know too much about that situation. Well, yeah, the like support. Go on, Rob. Sorry, it kind of smacks of that, doesn't it? The fact that he's normally like the magic number for a title shot is 20 and 0 if you're with a big promoter. So it kind of says that he's 27, 28 fights in without cracking a, a top 10 ranking spot at this stage. Like, so, yeah, exactly. It makes sense. So, yeah, anybody, Matty, whether he'll get it or not, he'll need that promotional clout probably to get that opponent. But I, apart from Spence or Crawford, I'd stick him in with anybody and see who he gets on. Yeah, um, Andy, is is there anybody that you're thinking that just maybe stylistically that that you might want Ennis to avoid from what you've seen, or or do you just think that he has the tools and you're not too worried? No, I don't want to avoid anybody, mate. I mean, if he's going to be, in, you know, is Simi Ortiz, I want to see him doing tough fights because he's never had 
really a lot of resistance. You've never really seen him hurt. You've never really, really had to see him fight through adversity. So we need to see something like that. But I think that can only happen up, up at the top level. Um, again, top level at 147, what is it now? You know, Porter is probably the guy we all think is like, he's, he's going to get anybody a tough night. But again, he's getting old, what is he, 33, 34 and that. Again, that's only going to go so far. Spence, we all know his situation, but he's come back off. He's looked great in, the, in his comeback fight. Um, for me, at least, that is going to be money fights for him. So maybe it's no, it's no that fight. He's not going to get that fight, I think, at this point. Um, Avanese might give him sort of resist, a wee bit of resistance with the with, with the power and such and that. But as Steve says that guy is a mutant. He's massive, and as I say, he's 22, 23. He's only going to get bigger. He's only going to get stronger. Um, he might even have to kind of go up at, at one point as well, at one fifty four in the next. Hundred percent. Yeah, he will. Yeah, he will. You know, unless he's got his dives again. I go back to what I just said earlier on. That unless he is absolutely dialed in, committed to the sport. He could dominate at 147 as long as he can maintain the weight. He could dominate it that way, but it'll be after Spence and Crawford because I say they're not going to be here for too much longer. And is he going to get the opportunity to fight these two? I don't think so. Uh, it's a fa- so. fascinating matchup against either of them two, by the way. If he continues on this traje- trajectory, because yeah. uh, like imagine a, a guy bigger than Crawford, younger, better probably physical attributes who can switch hit as well and adapt it it's, a, it's an intriguing one and then there's the size factor with him and Spence the southpaw thing it's, it's like he's exciting isn't he like him and yeah. Ortiz they're, they're exciting additions to the welterweight it's kind of gone dormant with the two boys you got Pacquiao still in the mix with a title you got Spence and Crawford tying up titles and they're not really fighting each other so He's a him and Ortiz two fantastic additions to that division. You do have a wee bit of issue with the promotional situation. You do have like the top rank divide and all that sort of stuff because you have got like Kavalowski, so you can maybe take him out of the equation because PBC won't be doing their business with him. Um, Lipinets, as I say, has now been destroyed, so you can maybe see NS now jump up to maybe the top three now, the IBF. Um, I'm maybe kind of get him in, in a call for maybe a Porter fight or that guy for Uzbekistan. Um, I like the Porter fight, Andy, and, and I'll tell you why. Because Porter is really good at smothering you, and it would be interesting to see if uh, if Ennis has the tools to be able to either a work outside and, and keep uh, Porter at bay, or or if he can, yeah, if he can keep from out from him muscling him on the inside. I mean, if he, if he could win an inside fight against Sean Porter and, and do it easily, man. Uh, I, I'm sold on the guy as a as a top three welterweight at that point, me or maybe top five. Yeah, possibly. But again, we go back to the, the, the old adage: Does Porter want to fight a guy like that? You know, does Porter want to fight a guy like Conor Ben, who we're all talking about, who will be an ideal like if if Conor Ben wants a, a live opponent, then give him Porter, for example. But um, I just think Crawford, Spence, Porter, Thurman. Uh, Danny Garcia, if he's still there, and that I think, and Amir Khan, Kilbrook, and that as well. If he's if he's still going to be next to it, these guys are not going to want to fight like see Virgil Ortiz and Jerome Ennis at this point. These guys are still working their way up the rankings. These the other guys I've just mentioned are wanting big money fights to fight each other. And that so be it, or they're good on their, on their own route. You know, talk about Amir Khan fighting Austin Trout, for example. Crawford seems to be over the Spence situation. You know, who's at the top about Pac- uh, for Pacquiao? Uh, was it Crawford? Uh, Crawford's supposed uh, to be in negotiations, isn't it? But it seems like all the welterweights were lining up for the last three years to get the Manny Pacquiao sweepstakes. And then, 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 then,
Uh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but that, that was the that was the route, wasn't it? They're all wanting to pay they, like even if you, you lose to Manny Pacquiao, it's no disgrace, you get paid more than fighting any of the rest of them, which are very high risk and low reward. Like what does Keith Thurman get for beating Jerome Ennis now when he's Rob, been getting uh, million plus paydays from PBC? So for, for those listening without video, uh, Rob looks like he's walking about uh, uh, seeking for un, uh, unlocked cars. If you were black in America looking like that, man, you'd be fucked. Oh, Jesus. Oh, I'm a bit. I caught a look. That, that, that under the fucking camera angle is not I'm a bit Tony Bellewish there, even a Tony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it looks like great. you might need his fitness program. I need, yeah, I need to get the angles. Actually, I'm I'm, do, I'm doing well on the weight. I'm doing well on the weight. I'm down, I'm down from last year's lockdown. Down about ten kilos, but I could be that angle there. Look like I'm putting him back up again. I might need to get the headband out, do a few squats in the sit room, and release it as a YouTube workout. You and me both. I I went and got a uh, push cart when I from when I play golf because I I got to fucking walk. Jesus Christ, I'm fat. Uh, but anyhow, uh, <laughs> uh, Ben Faruqi, just real quick on the uh, the Ennis fight. If, if you're his promoter, what's what's the next step for him? Uh, I we we've discussed Josecito Lopez. Uh, we've discussed Sean Porter. Uh, I, I assume you know he's not going to be getting in with Errol Spence. But there's got to be a top ten fight for him out there. Top fifteen. Yeah, I think like some of the guys mentioned, it's going to be hard because he's just so good. Um, he's with PBC, so which way do you go? It's, it's really difficult. Um, oh, that top 10. Um, I don't know. Like, Avenatian is a good shout, you know, because he's not, oh, he is, he's tied to Matchroom, though, isn't he? You know, he's got, after that win off Kelly, he's got a Matchroom have an option on him. Eddie still might let him do it if the money was good, but I don't think. I don't know if they'd want to do that. Um, I don't know if the money would be would be sufficient enough to make it. Maybe it would be for Avenisian, I don't know. But, um, I mean, if you're thinking about Conor Ben, then the, the money for Jaron Ennis and if Eddie would let him do it, so that's a good shout, really. Um, Jose Zito Lopez is another good shout. You know, he's tough. Um, he's been around. So it's another good uh, uh, another good uh, notch on the post for, um, for Ennis there. Uh, I think really you're gonna it's gonna be the the promotional aspects that are gonna prevent him from getting any of these top guys. Porter, but would he take it? You know, um, or is it is it? I don't even think it's a step too far. Like Steve said, I think Steve said anybody except Crawford and Spence right now. I, I agree with that. I think he can he can um, he can end all of them really. I think um, if the money's right, Ben Porter would take it. He, he strikes me as the type who would take would. it. If the, yeah. But is the money there for, uh, for um, to to make that sort of fight with Ennis? You know, no. um, that's the problem. Like we know him, but if I asked any of my sort of casual boxing friends, like who they, they haven't got a clue who he is. Good, you know? good show from Joe Kennedy there in the chat. He said Kavanowskis would be a good opponent. But Kavanowskis is the top. I was looking. At, I've got the box thing. I was looking at Kavanowskis. That would be a fantastic fight. But it's like. Um, it's, it's, it's the cross well, I think Bob, Bob would let that go to power speeds. Wouldn't he even give a fuck about that? Like, yeah, he'd he probably, fight. you're probably right. He probably mm-hmm. would. Yeah, you know, um, unless he's got other plans for Cavadouche. Unless he gets his 5%, 10%. Depends on the title, though, doesn't it? What are, they, what are their purse bidding for? I know, I suppose, yeah. It's, it's well, not, look, yeah, exactly. He, he'd, he'd let, he might, he might, if the money was right, he might let him go. Unless he's got, I don't know who else Bob might have plans for, uh, with uh, for Cavadouche's, but, um, but that would be, that's a, it's a decent shout. You know, there's Danny Garcia there as well. You know, Danny's getting he's 33 now as well. Um, that would be good. Um, but yeah, I, it'd probably have to be one of those PBC guys. 
But it's going to be really hard because they're going to want insane money for the fight and the money probably just isn't there for Ennis just yet. So he's probably going to hang around. Does that um, Kudratio Abdukaksarov, I don't know who he's tied to though now. He's bounced around, I think, for a bit. Um, and he's hung around the top 10 probably for about two or three years now and, and never sort of broke through, but he's still undefeated. Um, but I think Ennis had, had wiped the floor with him as well. Um, so it's probably, it's good. The, the hardest part of this is... Um, it's not whether he wins or not. It's just who 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 will take the fight, really. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you what. I'm just excited to, uh, for a good welterweight division. It's still strong. Uh, you know, welterweight's a great division because that that's basically average size guys. So there's a huge talent pool to pick from there at any given time. So I uh, got got a young batch coming up with some older guys who aren't quite ready to give up. And Spence, whose days at 147 are definitely shortening up. Garcia looking at moving up to 154 pounds. Uh, uh, going to move ahead to the fights coming up this next week. We'd like to thank all of you for listening and everybody in the Hold chat. On, Danny, Danny Garcia is moving up to 54? Yes. Yeah, I had that he's as well. He's a lazy yeah. get him, isn't he? He's, a la- he's like fucking lurking over the royal family. He's a lazy get him. How the fuck is he? He was a 140-pounder a fucking few few weeks ago. Well, up to four, well, not a few, a few years ago. He's, like a, he's comfortably uh, a 47-pounder if you could get his ass out of the fucking nightclub. He'd be uh, make a 47, but I don't think he gives a fuck, Danny Garcia, does he? Like, makes a good payday. <laughs> well, you, you're tremendously offended by that. I, I didn't expect such an emotional response. Because he's, he's just a fucking, he's the epit, like, that. He, I don't want to slag the, the concept behind P, the PBC, because I'm all for the fighters getting paid, but this is what you get. Like, you start giving likes to Danny Garcia a million dollar purses and all He's floating around the fucking nightclubs in Vegas. He's fucking poolside. He's doing his little Instagram videos, eating fucking. Couldn't give a fuck about making weight. How is he up at fifty four? See, I, I have issues with him too, but it's because mainly I don't like Angel Garcia and I don't like the way Danny Garcia dresses. Like Danny Garcia dresses, basically his wardrobe looks like a collage of an Armenian home. He looks like an extra from Scarface most of the time when I see it. Yeah, he's so sad yeah, he's, at the he's whole time. Noise. He's in a shitty acting. He's messy and stuff like that. He's, and he's rapping. Like, he's he's, like, he's it, mixtapes with fucking like, Broner. It looks like Vermin, but it looks like a fucking rap when he's doing it. He's trying to do that Tony Montana fucking montage, isn't he? Yo, 54 go, 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 go. pounds. What's, what's going to happen to him? He's going to get fed to a charlo, is he? Yeah, fucking obliterated. Charlo would absolutely murder him by the way. He can't hang with anyone at the top of 154. I don't no think. chance. No chance. He, he's got a good beard, but I do think if he goes to 154, reaching too high, he's going to get knocked out. So you might as well just like applaud it, Rob, and appreciate you'll probably see Garcia get knocked out before the end of his career. Like, don't you like appreciate anything? Does nothing make you happy? But it doesn't. Yeah, it, like it, it pisses me off because Garcia actually had the potential to be a good welterweight. Like, and he just pissed it all away. He hasn't had a good performance at forty-seven since he moved up. Lamont Peterson, fucking, he had a couple of dodgy fucking decisions handed to him and all as well. Like he's just a fucking. And now he's going up to fifty fucking four. Like, come on, Daddy Garcia, lazy get. <laughs> I'd like to thank people for being in the chat today. We've got uh, Michael Thompson, uh, Jim McDonald boss, uh, Boxing, uh, Eggy Phil, uh, Des is in there, uh, Johnny Horsecock Nelson, uh, Chuck Wu insulting everybody per usual. 
Uh, Ames is wandering around in there as well. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Remember to check us out on all of your favorite places to uh, get your podcast, be that Spotify, iTunes, we're on YouTube, we're on Facebook. Uh, you know, so you you have a chance to walk around with Andy Patterson in your pants. And I, I don't know who wouldn't want Andy Patterson in their pants. Uh, well, my finger could uh, maneuver. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said in the chat, by the way, they should have Lawrence Acoli and Rob Kelly do a rap battle. And I'll tell you what, right? Lawrence Acoli would have as much chance to beat me in a rap battle as I would have a fucking beat him at Cruiserweight. But okay. I'm up for, I'm up for D- it if the winner takes Miss Banks. Be- DMX can't. Ah, poor DMX. Ah, Andy. Andy, come on, man. Actually, yeah, the listeners are getting on to me a couple of them to do RIP to DMX. This is the Boxing Asylum, by the way, lads. It's not That's just not like a home. weekly show, but uh, yeah, rest in peace, DMX, legend. And, uh, Jade Khan, you know what I'm saying? On uh, YouTube with DMX uh, as the music store. Rest in peace, two legends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, DMX passing away at the age of 50. Uh, definitely a sad day because there is that uh, that great connection between boxing and hip hop. Uh, it, anybody, uh, uh, I believe it's called hip hop uncovered. It's on Hulu. Mike Tyson's one of the people on there and he's took in it. Yeah. It gets into some cool stuff. You guys might like it. So, uh, there is something to be said there. Uh, but moving on, uh, there is that thriller card, uh, happening, which I have no interest in watching except those fucking assholes go and they put one fight in there. That's reasonably interesting. I'm still not going to buy it, but, uh, I am interested in the fight between Regis Progray and Ivan Redcatch. This is at 140 pounds. Redcatch coming back down from 147, where he was campaigning briefly. Uh, this is a fight where uh, Progray should look pretty good. I'd like to see him get the stoppage, but uh, Redcatch, he's a, he's a pretty tough son of a bitch. Uh, he should give him some rounds at least, don't you think, Steve? Yes, I would imagine so. Uh, I kind of like. Well, I don't really like Red Cats. That's maybe a bit of a, a bit strong. I've seen him. I watched him fight Tevin Farmer in New York, and I saw him parading around outside. He seems quite the character. He's got, he's got a bit of a cheeky dress sense about him as well. He keeps getting opportunities. He bit Danny Garcia. I'm not against the biting in the ring. I suppose obviously the guys uh, Tyson Cash LA have engaged in a bit of a, a biting in the past, but. Progray's going to win this, isn't he? Red Cats can punch apparently. I can't remember. I heard that. I was talking to somebody years ago saying they'd sparred him. I can't remember who it was now. And he, he said he can fairly punch, he can whack. So Progray's going to have to be on his game. I've been looking up the main event as well, Matty, doing my due diligence, as you Americans say. Uh, this is this is a guy, uh, Jake Paul here, going in against Ben Askren. Yeah, and Jake Paul's on a two-fight KO streak here, apparently. He knocked out Ali Aeson Gibb, and then he knocked out Nate Robinson. So there could be fireworks in this one's Cougs. Steve Cunningham as well, mate, fighting Frank Mir, um, ex-UFC <laughs> fighter, Bellator, ex-TRT ex, ex specialist as well. Did you beat Brock Lesnar one time or something? Didn't yeah, I think so, mate. Oh. Fuck it, Does anyone else keep getting adverts for this on their YouTube? Like, yeah. It keeps a good no, no. Fight, fight TV get, or something. I get I and it's, apparently it might be free if I was reading no, wasn't that fight? But I see Joe Forney is actually fighting on that undercard as well. So, what a oh, time to be alive, man. Yeah. He's, a, he's an odd drugs cheat, as you know. <sighs> I don't know. He's, didn't he win a WBA or something? Askren oh, was the guy um, that fucking Jorge Masvidal ran across the ring in the first second and just hit him with a flying knee and slept him and then made fun of him when he was unconscious on the ground. He's the guy fighting Jake Paul. Apparently never boxed a wrestler. So that's going to be good. I'm more interested in why Chuck Wu is Khabibing people in the chat, by the way, sending his location or what's up with him. <laughs> why are you telling people where you are, Chuck Wu? Are you throwing hands or what's going on, man? Let us know if we can give you a dig out. 
He's, he's, he's hoping one of the people on our chat's the one that's bringing his pizza. Is it the new chocolate with us, I think? Entirely possible. No shots. <laughs> so just, yeah, this is just a weird fucking card, Andy, but like, uh, I yeah. am interested in it vaguely, but like, I, uh, that, because that, that Jake Paul fight, they're setting it up for this guy to, to do something in look. boxing and they're trying to make it look as good as possible first he fought a youtube chump then he fought a professional athlete now he's fighting a professional fighter who is actually someone who can't box for shit so if he wins this they're, they're, they're like trying to it's amazing how much money this guy is making off of fighting jackasses mm -hmm. but but i like regis progre i i, I do <laughs> i'll uh... Progre's okay, but just the, I, I ain't going to spend a lot of time talking about this fucking card. Look, that 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 been asking, I believe. Now, I don't watch MMA, but I understand he was uh welterweight, middleweight possibly, which is actually higher in poundage is what boxing weight is. I think middleweight, isn't it? Is it eighty five? I was going to say one seventy. Like yeah, right, so this fight's at cruiserweight, so I was just going to say that. So that's that's two hundred pounds. So I've no idea. I've never seen. I've seen Ben Askren fight in one championship before, and he got fucking splattered. Um, yeah, I've I've seen the kind of like shitty kind of like Rocky montage video he's put out in as well. Obviously, it was just, just AIDS, man. Just terrible stuff. Frank Mir debut against Steve Cunningham. Steve Cunningham. I I, I understand now why why he blanked me trying to get him on the podcast and stuff like because he kept this one fucking quiet anyway. This one came right out of the blue. Cunningham <laughs> against Frank Mir. My God. <laughs> Frank Mir, who's trying to kind of get into bare knuckle boxing and stuff like that, and it's just how no. old is Frank Mir? Frank, he's in his forties, man. He must be mid forties at least now. <laughs> well, why so would anyone want to get into bare knuckle boxing, man? What, what, what on earth would you want to do that? Yeah, it's I know. Brutal. Just, just steep your hands in petrol and everything is fucking off. <laughs> Yeah, he punched hands into like you know buckets of rice and stuff. Like yeah, that. you know, Steve. Technically, bare knuckle boxing is safer than boxing because no sensible person wants to hit somebody as hard as they can with no protection. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's fun. like it's just it's just natural human instinct to not fucking break your hands on purpose. Um. So anyhow. Right. So anyway, I mate, listen. A prograde red catch. I'm going to say prograde wins on points. Um. Yeah, red catch is generally durable, isn't it? But um, I can't remember the last time we stopped, actually. Yeah, I can't remember the top of my head. But uh, yeah, I mean, Progre as well hasn't really done much after the, the the Josh Taylor fight and stuff. I think he had one fight since then, I think. Um, I think he's a non-descript opponent. But uh, red catch has been over the course with a few few season campaigners and that. So um, I, think he'll, I think he'll make a... a you know, he'll, he'll do okay, I think. I, I can see it, uh, a, a points win for, uh, for Progre, possibly. Yes, that uh, that is entirely possible. I think uh, it, uh, it, it Progray can punch though. Uh, when when he gets uh, into a rhythm and he starts winging those hooks and uh, and uppercuts, man, uh, Progray can absolutely fucking bang. Um, so, uh, Ben, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this uh, bizarre card from from the states. If not, uh, we can move to Rob and see if he does. And if not, we can move the fuck on. <laughs> not much, really. It's a bit of a freak show. Um, the, it'll be interesting to see how Progre does. Uh, and uh, perhaps more interestingly, where he goes from here. You know, is he, I, I, I honestly, for, for some reason, thought he would go, was going up to 147. Um, but, um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see what he does, and especially with Taylor Ramirez coming up, etc. So um, that's my biggest interest in this, just seeing how he progresses. 
Yeah, I, I, I definitely think you know Progray's got to be top five at 140 pounds still, um, pretty inarguably. So uh, keep keep up with him at least. This is a decent fight for for the if it doesn't necessarily mean anything in particular. Um, so also we're gonna have a couple of cards uh, coming on stateside. Uh, one headline by Tony Harrison against Bryant Perella. Uh, kid I'm gonna keep an eye on is gonna be on that one. Um, and I don't know if any of you guys have had a chance to see Vito Milnicki yet, but he's a young kid uh, i think he's only 19 or 20 but he's been moving along and adding more and more wrinkles to his game i'm i'm excited watching him come he's fighting james martin in an eight rounder uh that could go either way um andy i don't uh i don't know if you have uh any uh thoughts on the omar juarez fight there but uh none swatever mate i didn't know anything about that card sorry i was waiting for you to ask me about um the, oh, you, the sons of bitches the, the zone card uh, oh, Andre yeah, Williams. Does, does anyone have any feelings on Tony Harrison against Bryant Perella? Well, I, I I checked that out as you were talking. Tony Tony Harrison's fight is it still on because uh, what Boxstrike's not going to listed. I don't see it on Boxstrike now. What the fuck? I just looked at the ESPN boxing schedule fucking this morning. Yeah, the most interesting that. thing about Perella is he comes to the uh, ring in a suit sometimes, and he calls himself Goodfella Perella. So he's he's quite the character. Well, I guess we won't get to see that then. So that's just sad. I think this was supposed to be headlining a card on Fox too. So once again, uh, you got a fucking PBC card and primetime television in the States that's going to be fucking uh, headlined by a fight that uh, even Andy doesn't care about and uh, some uh, some kid that I might just be excited about because he's a fellow Dago. So uh, yay for us. Um <laughs> See, it's great. It's absolutely great that see like ethnic minorities they can get away with just like the the the, the epithets that they can say shit like that. You know, the black, man, the black man can say the n word, the Italians can say the the you know, the d word, all that sort of stuff. It's fucking great. I can well, say white white trash, you know, because we're all privileged here at the end of the day. You know, I can yeah, too. Yeah, you guys can call me a dago. I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so coming over to the card that I guess we actually care about on DAZN on Saturday night, uh, gonna have, um, uh, God, I'm going to try to pronounce his first name. Let's give this one a riff. Muhammad Rasul Majdov against Andre Fedosov. Oh, in an, inter- in an interesting heavyweight matchup, Steve, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that one. This is definitely a, a step up, uh, for a for former standout, uh, amateur in Majdov. My thoughts begin and end with the fact that I've seen Majidov beating somebody and I can't remember who. So that's the insight I can I can Tom bring Little. to the table. I think it was no. a Dominican or Puerto Rican guy or something, Ben, was it? I, I just remember him fighting Tom Little in Saudi. He fought Tom Little in Saudi, didn't he? Oh, yes. No, it wasn't that one. It was He fought some lads on a DAZN card and he was like a big Puerto Rican or something. It looked like he could be a bit handy and then he just folded. But uh, I can't add any more than that guy, sorry. Yeah, uh, Andy. Um, yeah, imagine if, I, I, I know the guy he's fighting. He's um, he's got a, a fair knockout percentage and stuff. He's he has he has had a good amateur background. You know, he's been in with Bryant Jennings and stuff. But um, Majidov, for what I can remember him anyway, and I, again, I'm surprised he turned over pro. To be honest with you, but I, I can see Majidov winning this fight possibly. With, I'm going to say potentially late stoppage and stuff like that because I, again, Fedosov seems to kind of maybe un, uh, unravel against the kind of top opponents or topish guys. I don't know. Well, in the day, I mean, 
that 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 Joey Joaco that uh, that he knocked out, he's a club fighter for me at least, not so I, I didn't really hold that in a lot of regard. But again, Majidov, I, I don't know what they're doing with him at all. Actually, I, again, I, I'll go back. I'm surprised he turned pro, but uh, I I just don't know what what the plan is with him at 34, 35. Matt, you need to get him every other month. Get him, get him working. If, if if the goal is to get him a world title fight, then you need to get him active. You need to get him far better opponents and stuff. But this this guy might prove stubborn. He might might hit hard enough, and he might suppose a wee bit of mar- uh, magic off. But uh, that guy, he, he can bang right. Uh, magic off. You know, need to get it straight, especially in the amateurs and stuff with the kind of paddy gloves and that time they had the head guards on and that as well. So. But um, it's, it's an odd one that uh, that fight to be honest for me, just because Majidov is just, you know, again as I say, I was just surprised that he turned he turned pro. I, I really am. Um, I was just I mean, I asked the question uh, a couple of years ago actually, you know, what was he doing? And it, someone came out the blue, he's turning pro, and um, it came out shock to me, like because there was no mention about it, and just you know, he, he just appeared really on the scene. So, but shocked by it to be honest with you. They're not active enough, Andy, like you say. Ivan Dyko is the same. Where they disappear, mm-hmm. you can't fight once um, a year or twice a year at this See, stage. Him. You should be out every few months. I'm sure that Dyko, is he not fighting on some sort of kind of Midwestern, kind of like low promotional company? Oh, there you he, go. He's quite, he's quite active, I think, yeah. Who's Majidov attached to now? Is he, who's his promoter? Well, he's fighting on, like, on Eddie's card on, on next week. Oh, still, still, still with Eddie. I wasn't, I wasn't sure, but I remember when he was in Saudi. And is he still trained by John David Jackson? Because that's who he was training in, in Saudi. Right. I think, I'm thinking, pretty sure it was. And um, but he was—I'm sure he was saying to me like, "Yeah, we want to push him." Obviously, we had COVID a few months later. Um, but um, but he, I think he's had one fight during lockdown. Um, and I suppose I, I think Andy, they probably—he's he's, not—is he not a big um, a big star back home? Yes. Before he turned pro, yeah, it was so I, I mean, the probably, president there watched him beat beat Joshua for the um, I think it was the World Gold actually at the time. It was, it was him. It was him. Really, that it showed to me that Joshua had had the balls for a fucking shootout, you know. Right. Yeah, I I reckon it's probably probably on the back of that, and then this whole thing of when Eddie went on a sort of signing spree, and then they were uh, a lot of it was based in Eastern Europe because they were getting uh, bang for the buck basically, and they probably thought we'll see where we go with it, and and um, they've just not been able to to fit him in, or it's not made sense to be able to stick him in the cards during lockdown. Um, but yeah, look, he's thirty-four now. He needs to move. He needs to move if he's gonna if he's actually gonna do anything of, of substance in in the pro ranks. It actually is a pretty decent heavyweight fight, to be honest. Uh, Fedosov can punch a little bit, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, and that's going to be first off on the dance card of the main uh, the main portion of the show. There, uh, that's going. Uh, following that up is going to be Carlos uh, Gongora against Chris Pearson. Both of them coming off of career best victories. Uh, Gongora was able to take out the undefeated Ali Akhmadov. Uh, knocking him out. Uh, he was 16-0 at the time. And uh, then you had Pearson, who was able to come in and uh, upset victory over uh, Yamaguchi Falco, who I I always thought that he was an underrated fucking, uh, or uh, an overrated fighter that was, yeah, getting a little bit too much play. And uh, there you go. Um, this is going to be an interesting scrap, I I, I think, Andy. But, but mainly because I'm more interested in if Gongora's the goods. I think Pearson... Just happened to be the guy who ran into a, a junk fighter who uh, had a little bit of a built-up record. 
To be honest, like Steve will remember me mentioning uh, Carlos Congora because I was a uh, surprise with him actually. He actually uh, fought on the Gennady Golovkin undercard uh, against that Ali Akmedov actually. And believe it or not, he had 12 round knockout. He, he was fant- I thought it was fantastic. I thought he was winning the fight, but believe it or not, the judges actually had him behind and he needed the 12 round stoppage to, to win the fight. And he did it, man. Look, look, he, he gets the hands pumping. He's Definitely, definitely a very, very underrated fighter, this Carlos Congora man. Um, just one of these uh, South Americans, sometimes you'll get them coming through the cracks. One of them will come to the top eventually at one point. I'm not going to say he's, he's going to be like the next lineal champion, for example, but he is a good fighter. He's definitely, if he's not on the world level, he's definitely on the fringe yet, without doubt. Um, definitely good amateur experience, World Series of Boxing experience. Um, I think he even went to the Olympics and that as well. I think it was the uh, the, the Indian guy Singh that beat him, Vajinder Singh that beat him in the the quarterfinals. I'm sure the guy's got pedigree, very very good fighter, good good output. So and I, I know Pearson got badly knocked out in uh, one of his fights. Uh, forget who it was against at this point in the minute and that mate, but certainly considering how he got treated on the, on on the cards actually against Akmedov. Um, wouldn't he be surprised if this fight goes a distance that he might get hosed? I, I know he's the champion and stuff, but um, he might come cheap. But he's a good fighter, uh, Steve. I don't know if you want to come in here, mate. But I, I think I think he could. I think, I think I'm going to back me to win. Um, he won me over with that Medov win. Um, I was tweeting out about him in that uh, after the fight and stuff. He even put him as my profile pack on Twitter for a couple of months and that as well afterwards. So uh, I was impressed by him. Um, good pedigree, as I say, southpaw fighter. Active, good, good variety. He's definitely kind of like punch punch outputs good in that as well. Good engine. Um, maybe he doesn't have the knockout power. Uh, I, I know he knocked out the guy in the twelfth round and stuff like that, but that was purely because accumulation and just keeping the just keeping the pressure going and stuff. But um, didn't he overlook him? He's a good fighter, so um, just yeah. want to watch. Want to watch. No, I agree. I think Angora is definitely going to win this one because Pearson has had a couple of losses. He got knocked out by Justin Deloach. But more interestingly, in 2015, he lost to Eric Walker, who you might remember got knocked out and then also lost on points in the same fight to Israel Madrimov. So I think Pearson's only going one way in his career. Gongora is only going one way as well. Akhmedov was expected to beat Gongora. So Gongora is on a good run at the moment and the IBO title's on the line as well. So this is ticking every box for me, this fight. And I think Carlos Gongora is going to be one to watch. So watch him get knocked out on Saturday night. What weight is this, guys? 168. 168, yeah. mate. Uh, Super middle. Just, I'm just wondering for any chance that we could have uh, Sad Adam Ali as a <laughs> so you can have Saddam <laughs> Bye. I was going to say, mate. Listen, yeah, during the week, go and watch Kangora fight against uh, Akmedov. I'm, 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 I'm telling you, what, mate, it's, it's worth your time. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think it's going to be. I think that's going to be a good scrap. I remember the Akmedov fight. I know I'm saying that wrong, but, uh, but yeah, he. he he could be a good fighter. It's going to be a good scrap at that one. Uh, they, they need some talented 168 pounds. I mean, it's it's not the most stacked division uh, in boxing by any stretch. Uh, so definitely looking forward to that one. Um, I'll tell you what I'd be looking at actually on that one. Pearson hasn't fought in 23 months. He could be incredibly rusty. Uh, he's coming in there against a bigger guy who who can punch a bit. Uh, I I might be looking at uh, what what the numbers are for an early stoppage on that one. 
Uh, Matty, that is nothing, let me tell you, right? We got sent one during the week. I might as well put it now. This seems like the right time. What about this guy, Albert Hughes, 71 <laughs> years of age? He came back after a 36-year layoff to knock out Tawane Towns, I think he called him, in the second round. 36 years out of the look ring, at, and he came look back looking as fresh as ever. Look at that hair, most of the white beard, but I can him. Jesus, so there you Jesus go. Christ. He looks yeah. like if they fucking... Um, they did a real life version of Sesame Street and like Bert and Arnie just got mad. Like he's just now like just fucked up sitting on the couch like fuck off Arnie man. Hey Bert. I, I have never looked at a picture of somebody that didn't actually involve like a white hood or something like that and said to myself yeah that guy has uh, burned crosses on lawns before. <laughs> uh, like th- th- that's this dude is uh, well, don't, be uh, saying, yeah. don't be saying that about Gabe man he's not even here to fucking defend himself. <laughs> So there you go, Matty. 23 months, 36 years for Albert. He came back stronger. Wow. Well, he, uh... he does He does look like he's far right, though, doesn't he? He looks like he's a pro Nazi, that one. Far right yeah. hand. When that gets he landed. looks like he knows how to make a nail bomb. Put it that way. We know. <laughs> Unibomber. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's not that smart. <laughs> yeah, Simon, Simon Hill was asking, how old was he, his opponent, Steve? Uh, I'm not sure. I'll look it up for him. Okay, yeah. Let's get that. Uh, well, while we're doing that, that is in chief support. Oh, actually, Ben, do you have any thoughts on that fight? Don't want to skip over you there, sir. No, nothing from me. All right, no worries. Uh, but I will give you first word on this one. Looking at an interesting fight uh, at 160 pounds, uh, Demetrius Andrade uh, against Liam Williams. Williams has looked better since moving up to 160 pounds, but he is going into a uh, fight with the uh, undefeated, long, lanky fighter. Uh, I, I think that Williams is going to have to turn in the performance of his life to be able to even come close uh, to a decision. I think he's got to get the knockout here, Ben. What do you think? Uh Perhaps I, I think um, Williams has come on a lot um, uh, since losing to, to to Liam Smith, and when he moved up to 160, I remember being there in Manchester. I think Steve was actually with me that evening. It was, if I remember correctly, it was on the Warrington Frampton. Um, That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, a, lot, a lot of us thought Heffron was gonna was gonna do him in that night, and there was a bit of a little buzz around Heffron, and uh, people weren't sure whether uh, Williams stepping up was going to be was going to be good for him, but um, he, he shocked a lot of people. And, uh, you know, he's, he's, um, he's come on stronger since then, and he seems to be doing quite well under the tutelage of, uh, of Dominic Ingle in Sheffield. Um, and perhaps that, that awkward style that they teach him there will, um, will, will help him somewhat um, uh, on, on Saturday against Andrade. It is, it is obviously the toughest test of his career. Um, you know, it's, um, it's going to be a difficult style for him to, to sort of uh, to deal with. But you know what? I I I I think he can do it, and and I really want him to do it as well. I think he's had a bit of a, a bit of a, not necessarily bad luck, but he's had a, he's had a hard run, and uh, I think he, it'd be great to see him uh, to pull off that win. And he, he's a he's a beast as well, you know. He's a he's a scary scary man, is Liam Williams. Yeah, he uh, the, the guy could definitely punch. He's a he's a physically imposing guy, um, but Rob, I I. Struggle to think of a fighter, you know, uh, as boring as he might be uh, the way he does it, but I struggle to think of a fighter who uses his length better than Demetrius Andrade. Well, I tell you who's a big fan of Demetrius Andrade using his length, Mel B. Yeah, from the Spice Girls. So she'll be on the edge of her seat uh, (laughs) waiting to see what Boo Boo. No kidding, huh? Does against uh, Liam Williams. Um, Andrade, 
I don't think he's. I think he is probably better than we give him credit for. He looked terrible against bad opponents, and that's never a good sign. It kind of. But there is fighters that get. You know, they're at a, they plateau at a certain level, and there's other fighters who, um, you get the best of them when they're in against a live dog. And Liam Williams is, if he's anything, he's a live dog. Like he's coming to fight. So, I think we're going to see the. the it's it's a fight where you can see the best of the both of them because I know Williams is going to come to the table and he's going to come to a fight. I can't see Andrade standing off and picking him off. And stopping his rhythm could happen if he's good enough. He's going to do that to, to Liam Williams, and that will give you an indicator of where Andrade is. So it's kind of an important fight, and I never thought I'd be saying that about Demetrius Andrade. But if he's going to be anything and he's going to do anything, and he is, you know, as talented as Eddie has been um, purporting, even in Ed, uh, he has to beat Liam Williams and beat him comfortably, but I don't think he will. I think Williams, I think he might get the decision. I think if it goes to the cards, they're going to give it to Andrade, but um, I think Williams, I don't think Williams can knock him out, so that's why, that's why I'm leaning towards Andrade, but, um, and I don't want to go against Mel B, man. She's going to be devastated. So, um, yeah, I'm going to lean towards Andrade, but I'd love to see Williams do it. Yeah, I, I always thought that uh, that uh, Jerry Hallowell was the hottest one of the bunch myself, but uh, that's a different conversation. I say, yeah. you know, I say, look at him now, man. Mel B's the fucking, Mel B's still fucking, do you know what I mean? He likes his still G's rolled up. He likes uh-huh. the fire, fire fannies. <laughs> didn't her, uh, didn't her ex, her ex-husband sold a story, he said he had to break up with her because she was making him have too many threesomes. It's like, oh man, get a real problem with this whole thing. Um, sad anyway, day, sorry, sad day. Um, so anyhow, uh, Andy, uh, what, what are your thoughts? It, it seems to be to be uh, it seems to me that uh, it uh, you you guys want to say that Andrade's going to win it, but you 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 just feel like there's some chance that Williams has in there to uh, to take this fight. Uh, are you feeling that, or are you thinking it's a blowout either way? To, to be honest, mate, when every time I've looked at this fight, uh, just when I see it in name only, I, I always tend to kind of then swing to my thought that Andrade is going to win the fight. Um, I always go back to the, uh, the Liam Smith fight. I, I felt that Williams didn't really put on a good good account of himself, actually. And he comes back at 160 and he's like ripping it all up and stuff. So, you know, What's happened in the past is the past, you know, he's he's moving up now in levels as such. You know, we all know Andrade puts us to sleep. He doesn't close the show. He's happy to coast along and win a twelve round decision. I hope Liam Smith is bang up for us and he needs to be, because other than that he's gonna get picked off, picked apart and dance around about for twelve rounds unless he decides I'm gonna have a fucking go at this guy. If he beats me up or he just Picks away at me, so be it. I'm going to walk through whatever he's got and try and land my best punches because that's what he's, I think he's going to have to do that. He's going to have to land something heavy on Andre and then basically follow it up and just try and force a stoppage and that. But the more I think about it, I can just see Andrade possibly, possibly winning something crazy like a shutout 118, 110, 120, 108 type thing. Um, as I say, I, I, go, I go back to that Smith fight. I, I, I just think, the part of me thinks he didn't put up a good account of himself, considering what we've seen since. Is it do with the weight? Is it a mental issue? I know he changed camps after the Liam Smith uh, fights and stuff. Who knows? But he's without doubt the most improved British fighter, I'd say, maybe, yeah, possibly. You know, you got Conor Benson, he's improved that. But without doubt, at this moment, talking about the, the current levels, 
for me in Britain, Liam Smith is the most improved fighter. And we're going to see it on Saturday, next Saturday, if that is the case. If he's improved fully, then he'll do the business. But there's just something nagging in the back of my mind that Andrade is going to do this and do well pretty wide on points, I think. That that seems to be a consensus, at least across the uh, the betting fields. Uh, Steve, I, I guess the tough thing with Andrade is that his career has just been underwhelming. He he hasn't fought often. He hasn't fought the best opposition, and that's despite his talents and his his uh, tool uh, kit being so clearly obvious. Uh, do, do you think he might finally turn in a career performance uh, this on DAZN this Saturday, or do you think we're just looking at uh, another flat, boring, uh, yeah, he's good, but who wants to see it? No, I think he's going to have to start stepping up and doing something. He can't keep putting those performances in. He hasn't had that standout win, that standout name. Given his previous levels of opponents, this is a step up for Andre as far as I'm concerned. People are shitting on it, saying, oh, I've never heard of Liam Williams. But as Andy said, he's improved, he's an improved fighter. And it'll be interesting to see Williams' tactics, actually. You'd think he'll probably need to bring it to put it on Andrade, rough him up, show him a fight like the other previous opponents haven't been able to do for in the most part. But then I think to myself what Ben mentioned about when he fought Hefron, came in and showed a new dimension to his game, outboxed him, fought off the back foot. He might think, well, you're the home fighter, the champion, the big star. I'll step off and let you lead, Andrade, and see what you've got to offer. The pressure's on you. So I don't know, but... I would imagine it'd be the former for Williams. I can't see his big chance letting him go and him wanting to leave anything in the ring. I think he's going to go for it. And as a result, I think he might get stopped, actually. I think he's going to really put it on Andrade. He'll have his moments and he'll bring the fight out of Andrade. And we might suddenly find that Andrade is actually pretty good and he starts hitting him with hard, accurate shots. Could bring the beast out of him. It could end up a 120, 108 or whatever decision. But I think that Williams is going to put it on him. He's going to win rounds and he's going to have success. And that will probably ultimately lead to his downfall. But either way, Andrade's going to have to put his foot on the pedal now and get on with shit, man, because I'm fed up with him already. Yeah, there's... Uh, like I said, it's an underwhelming career. If he wants to put it in, I, I actually think that he could stop Liam Williams just just because uh, he's he's going to be stronger at 160 than he was at 154. And if he, if he wants to sit down on his punches, use his length... And when he wants to throw a good uppercut, man, Andrade can throw a wing and uppercut. Um, so I, I, I'm thinking about putting a punt on uh, Andrade by a stoppage, actually, because it yeah, might be worth putting Andrade into a parlay with something else. But at minus 300, it's har- hardly worth it from a betting uh, perspective. So, but that'll that'll be an interesting fight. We'll see if Williams has put it together. Um, honestly, if, if you guys are right and he has started to put together being stateside, I really think he's got to win by a knockout. So if you want to go looking at that, see what kind of numbers you can get on Williams by stoppage, you're probably getting close to 10 to one. Um, so anyhow, uh, I, uh, I hope you guys get a chance to watch those fights. I've enjoyed working uh, or uh, working with everybody and speaking about the fights this week uh, and the ones coming up. It has been a packed card. We're almost two and a half hours right now. So I am going to turn it over to Steve Wellings for the Bellu of the week. Thank you very much, Matty. Just when you thought the show was about to take a downturn, here we go. Bellu of the week, episode 418. We've got some crackers this week, a few videos as well. Bit of a Father Dave update. Andy's just sent me a brilliant one from Chavez Jr. We'll get to that shortly. I have managed to get the Tommy Hearns, Andy, on here. Was it hot boxing, I think? My linguistic skills. Rob has mentioned it last week. This is absolutely epic. Sit down. Gold. YouTube open. This is gold. Gold. I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't prefaced it. So uh, I hope it's PG, Andy. We are a family well, show. 
Um, well, well, why is? You know, in the day, Tommy Hearns is basically, I can beat your ass, Ray. And he says, what's he saying to me? He's speaking Chinese. And, you know, Tyson's like, he's, he's mentioning your linguistic skills, brother. You know, um, I'm not going to say the N-word, obviously. <laughs> the N-word getting dropped a bit there as well, you know. So Let's get stuck in then, shall we, here. Let's see. We oh, hit you at. Bam! No, I was concerned. I wasn't scared. You were very concerned. I wasn't just you were very concerned. No, I wasn't scared. I was that concerned. Was you very concerned man. Tommy, I, I can knock you out now. You can try. Holy shit. You can try. Holy shit. You can try. Dust your ass out real quick. Excuse me? Don't fight unless you are the you gonna get knocked right down real no, no, quick. Stop, 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 no, no, stop, stop, no, no, stop. Oh, God. Ooh, man. Man, don't try, don't try. Don't try to size me up. No, come on, Sam. Yeah, I want nothing to do with it. Hug each other, love each other. I really want nothing to do with it. Fuck that nigga up, Tommy. He's shot. He did, Tommy. He's shot. He's shot. He's shot. I did too. He's shot. He's shot. He's shot. He's shot. He's shot. But you shrunk, Tommy. This yeah. look like six three. Now I see this one. Oh, look, he's gonna put his hand on my head. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, do the size. Tommy, don't hit the nigga, please. Tommy. Go ahead, Tommy. Tommy, don't hit the nigga. I gotta reach. I gotta reach. I did have to reach, man. Please don't hit him, Tommy. Stop fucking around, Ray. Please hit. You ain't seen it. Tommy, 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 I'll break you down. Let's try no! Wait, not yet, wait, not yet. We're going to wait. wait. What we should do, we should sit right here on the mic Tyson show right now. And we're going to fight each other. Yeah. On Legends Only. I'll kick your ass some trouble. Top, what are you saying? Well, are you, you speaking, I heard what he said. He's kicking fucking ass. Let's, 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 let's agree Are you speaking fight. German? Let's agree that we're going to fight. Holy shit. Right now. He's talking oh, about your logistic skills. I'll beat your ass some Jump on that nigga now. You jump on him, he's gonna jump right out. Oh, wait, no. Jump no, on him right now, Tommy. Get that. <laughs> right? Jump on him, motherfucker. Tyson's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, go on, get in there, you fuckers. Go on. Oh, oh, Tommy sounds bad, doesn't he, man? He does, but I wasn't. You can only make it every fourth, fifth word that he was saying, like. I did make out that he said I'll knock your junky ass out, though. I got that bad. <laughs> He's thinking about your lag wasps. Oh, oh my god. Tyson Tyson's stone off his nut as well, just trying to sit yeah. there and jump on him now, Tommy. He's, he's sitting in a big reefer team like, oh Tony, oh shit boy, you're getting cold now. Oh shit, boy. <laughs> uh, ben, you interviewed Don't forget Tommy, Shane, you Sugar Shane, Sugar Shane in oh. between writing love paragraphs to his love of his life on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> the latest love of his life. Yeah, Steve, I, I well I interviewed him when he went to Wilder Fury too. And um, you know what? Yeah, you can tell. I mean, I don't tell you. You can tell there from from the way his his, his voice is. It, it's not good. And when when I saw him, um, when when we interviewed him, he had a guy who was actually sort of taking him around, like looking after him, making sure you know he was getting to where he needed to be, and you know, um, helping him figure out what's going on, sort of thing. So it's not it's not good. And you know, like, like I said last week. Um, Sugar Hill Leonard really pisses me off because he just comes across as a bully there. It's like he's sat there and in his head he's got this thing like, oh, people think... I don't know mate, what... He, he just, he's he just... always been like that, mate. Trust yeah. me. Trust me. Really he was Floyd Mayweather before before Floyd came before along. Floyd, yeah, they? Exactly. Yep, yep. He, he wrote the blueprint. And it's um, it's just like watching a little class bully sat there and he can't. He just needs to have some attention. And it's, um, it's sad, really, especially when Tommy's in that state, you know? Yeah. Um, 
can I just also add to that as well, Ben? See, see that you know, oh, see that ESPN thirty for thirty documentary about Duran and and Leonard for the no mass situation, right? It was all contrived because Leonard at the start, who was narrating it, basically it was basically like him front of the show and that. I'm he, going he to Panama. Sorry, I, he was the producer on it. Yeah. There you go. There you go. I'm going to Panama to find out, find out the truth. Well, sorry, Ray. I can go to your autobiography and take out your words as the fucking truth that you knew that that Duran was going to be out of, out of shape and out of, he can, you know, massively out of, out of weight and stuff like that. What happens when they get him in the ring and stuff? He asks him face to face. He's not believing that. I'm saying, look at myself. Well, the guy's told you repeatedly what happened. And you don't believe him, so stop asking them. If you didn't believe him, stop asking the questions. The other thing, I self-indulgent tripe that was exactly, exactly. The, the other thing about it was, Andy, when you when they're at that point near the end of the documentary and they stood in the ring, mm-hmm. halfway through Duran's answer, it cuts off and Sugar Ray starts narrating over the top yeah. of it, and you're like, "What the fuck? I want to know what he's gonna say." Yeah, I get everything he had to say about the matter, uh, but it's all about Sugar Ray. That's what exactly. It always has been massive. It's crazy to think that Hearns thought 15 years ago. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's fucking crazy. The Barkley knockouts, the Barkley knockouts are what really done it, I think, because he hit, he hit him on the way down and he burst his head off the canvas on the way down. I think. Yeah, was that the first fight? After that, yeah, first one, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, Tommy was quite the puncher. Uh, talking to punchers, Andy, we saw uh, where, where was this located? This big fancy knockout. I've got the uh, the screenshot here. Was it somewhere in Mexico or Bolivia, that maybe? Australia, that I think. Yeah, that was Australia as well, was it? Yep. Yeah. I'll get you the yes. details in a minute if you want. But you well, we've got the video coming up, Andy, and uh, you give right, us the it details, was, and then I'll it play. Was, it, was, it, was, it was the club key of the year. It's a ten box sale, so it was the heavyweight Bishop Lee one and all with a spectacular pro debut, a vicious KO one. That literally folds Philly deputant Don McMillan 0-1 for a KO1 victory Friday night in Salt Lake City, Utah thanks to King Danish for sending in the video. Watch Watch ringside as well when you watch his video. Yeah, I've, I've circled him there in the picture. There's a guy doing his uh, parental duties, looking after the child. So keep an eye on him. In the he's a green and white shirt, Andy, is it? Yeah, look for look for about twenty one seconds into the video when you play it, mate. Twenty one seconds and watch, watch for the guy appearing. Twenty one seconds to go. Given, <laughs> given, given verbals as his daughter's trying to sleep, or maybe or maybe maybe kidnapped her. I don't know. Maybe he's going to run out the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> I, I my kid is now dead, new by the way. Probably my name can still. When you showed me this earlier, I should have guessed it was an Oz, Andy. Like that, that's the only. It was America, mate. That you said out. Utah, didn't they? Salt Lake City, mate. I thought you said it was in Australia. No, it was Ben that said that. Same direction. Well, fuck. Guys, We'll claim it. We'll, we'll claim right, it. Let's see. I'll tell you what, even with this fellow hey. as well, the knockout is absolutely brutal. As I said to Andy earlier, he's swaying like a pair of knickers on the on the line in the breeze, man. So let's have Gorgeous. a watch here, boys. Quality. Ha, ha, ha. 
he's fucking he's keep putting fresh air there. <laughs> fucking in there, that fucking in there. <laughs> Carry power. <laughs> I bet Carry I power. That was quality. That guy, as you say, Steve, that guy got iced. Iced. He's sleeping as he's falling down. And then he gets fucking hung out in the washing line like that by the <laughs> It's not like it's not like just 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 lie there, It's like dry off there, Paul. Must have been some shop anyway, because you can hear the ooze from the crowd even though they're yeah. like, oh. Okay, that must have been sound must must have sounded that at, at ringside. Heavyweights, man. And in Utah, there's probably no doctor, shit. although he only would have come in and started tapping him probably. Yeah. <laughs> he probably gave him some marijuana then mate smoking that. He'll be fine, mate. Go on, mate. Okay, yes, uh, Father uh, Dave update coming soon. That's the third of our two videos well, will be Father Dave. It was interesting in that, Steve, because you, you said last week that uh, Delorme fiddled Crawford about for a bit. So did Father Dave fiddle anyone about for a bit? Of a spider? <laughs> Wait and see, Rob. All will be revealed. Here's <laughs> a, a priest to end it. All will be revealed. Um, <laughs> Dam- Damien has nominated Ebony Bridges talking on Boxing Social about how she aims to bring Australian women's boxing back. Australian men's boxing has never really been a thing. Never mind women, says Damien. Keep up the good, keep up the great pod, though. He did give us a good shout out there. Uh, Terry would find shout out to the ref and ringside doctors who yet again do a shocking job in the states. Why is, why is the ref tapping him and trying to incorrectly roll him over from his hip? Here's a good one. We got followed this week on Boxing Asylum's Twitter by OrchidToys.com. This is right up our street. Female uh-huh. LGBT plus friendly online adult toy store. We ship discreetly. A portion of your purchase goes to charity. That's come <laughs> for a cause. So the Orchid Toys. <laughs> fresh we need these as a sponsor, Steve. Who I knew know? you could have been doing so much good work for charity all along? <laughs> yeah. But look where they're based. Texas. So I have a bit of sneaking suspicion here. Who might be behind this? Gabe. Gabe. Gabe's Gabe. like the fucking... Crying Bob like a little bitch. Off and fucking jerking off over there in Texas. <laughs> yeah, but I... I like know it's like... I know it's live aids. There's live aids himself. Yeah, live aids. <laughs> <laughs> live aids. <laughs> 71-year-old. Fucking hell. Gonna start calling him Strap-on Gabe. Strap-on <laughs> Gabe. Uh, Martin Hurry has nominated Jack Jack React, talking about Connor Ben fighting Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, Rowan says, Courtney Hard, KO fifth round, but Bridges is hotter, so I'm team Bridges. Tom Varley <laughs> says, mate, stop being a knob and treat these two like athletes, please. Pervs like you are killing women's boxing. Eddie Hearn <laughs> really needs to ban these sorts of disrespectful comments. Uh, Eggy Phil in the chat has nominated that one. He's coming back against Mahmoud Char himself, Andy. George is nominated. This is this shouldn't be a nomination. We should be celebrating this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, champion recess returns, you know. I mean, Manny Char against Christopher Lodjoy, who retired for like two two minutes. You know? He's out of the front seat of the car now anyway. He's back in the fucking ring, so... He went from, I, I, I see that he went from Don King to Don Pedro. <laughs> His bro, was that was him, Matty, that you called broke ass motherfucker, wasn't it? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, yeah uh, he was without love argument. and without joy. But hey, broke ass, yes, yes. But Steve, that's not so much like uh, the announcement, isn't so much like the, the bell of the week. I think it's going to be the fight. Is that the fight poster? Because if it is, it's a fucking bell. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Ben? <laughs> that's fucking amazing design. Microsoft. The is, if you actually look at it, that's not even that's not even oil though, Steve. That's like you've snipped it off. There's made it. There's like another like fucking four paragraphs. <laughs> <for that. laughs> it's not even Microsoft, man. It's like do you remember the fake one, like Lotus or oh, something. I think it was. 
I've, I've actually got the whole thing here, but I'm not going to read it out. Fuck that, pish man. But yeah. Okay. Uh, Aaron Patterson, not to be confused with Andy Patterson. He's got more T's than you anyway. I think we found Bean's that's burner English, account. That's, that's English way of spelling it. There you go. Grant Weston was a fan of Ebbs. Uh, Chris McKenna, oh, we've, we've spoke about this, haven't we? Fears in both camps, Joshua and Fury, will not happen this summer. They needn't fear, Rob, because Eddie says Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury fight to be confirmed in days. Have a bit of faith. Even Edward. Hey, sorry, Edwards. sorry, sorry. Hey, even Eddie, two weeks for now. You know, you know, Chris McKenna has been probably one of the best journalists in reporting this whole fiasco that's going on, and he, he is brilliant, he's Chris. So if you've not already followed him on Twitter, follow him. But, um, like, um, it, it's absolute fucking nonsense that's going on here, you know. Um, I, to be honest with you, like I said, I think I said it last week, there's a lot of people behind the scenes who think it's not happening, but then there's still rumblings from one or two that it might, but um, the consensus opinion behind the scenes seems to be that they're not going to announce it. Now I've said that, they're going to announce it tomorrow. So it's not it's yeah. no longer it's no longer evening Eddie, it's Eddie any day now, Herm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a, li- a little bit under pressure this week, wasn't he? Yeah, he looked a little bit stressed, wasn't he? What's wrong with you, man? Just take it easy. This, be, this, this, Bob Arum's this, not out there fucking looking for sightings. Exactly. Have a bit of faith in him. But the thing is, though, the thing is, this is the thing is, Eddie's never mentioned Bob Arm or Frank Warren in the last three, four months. Eddie's going to make the and fight. He's going to me. I need to make the fight. I'm getting no help for nobody, right, all of a sudden, right? And I know people are going to say, well, Frank and, and, and uh, Bob can do a week. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you, Frank Warren's position here, I think, allegedly, even if Frank, is minimal. Frank, I think, will be the TV guy. He'll be the he's got the contacts with TV deals and that. I think Steve, Nigel Ben, Chris Eubank, who saved that fight? Frank Warren. He got the TV deal. Yeah, that's I think that's I think I think that's how Frank's tied into this. Bob Arm is well, listen, Bob Arm allowed his top fighter, Tifimo Lopez, go in our network because he was was unwilling to pay over the odds to get him his next fight. Bob's no stupid. Bob knows the money isn't there, right? So Eddie's Eddie's doing everything he can to be the man and try and get the fight. Understand that. Eddie, if you make the fight, you'll get all the plaudits, mate. Fuck Bob Arm, fuck Frank Warren. You are the man. But tell you what, mate, if the fight falls through, then he starts throwing the shade about. Then he starts saying fuck Bob, fuck Frank, and all that sort of stuff. Because you're the one that's running about all the quotes. Quote Hauntus, that's what I'm going to start calling you. Because you're running about here, but all your comments, you know, any day now, Two weeks for you, four weeks for you, every quote on the sun, you never walk past a camera you didn't fucking want to speak to. Right? You ran your mouth, you said that everybody was going to get, so two fighters were going to get $100 million or $100 million pound each, whatever it was, right? Clearly the money's not there. No, I said it, Steve, six weeks ago, I ain't an accountant, right? But I know you got to have fucking fans in that stadium or arena for a fucking fight. Because well, you're looking at at least uh, almost a billion dollar, a billion dollar production exactly. to put on to exactly. pay two fellas a hundred million in this climate. Now, exactly. And I was going to say Saudi Arabia. Now, I know, I know the situation. Saudi Arabia. Ben's been there. He, he'll know the, the, the kind of social side. Of it, you know, but even they would want fans to come. They would want money put in the local yeah. economy and the coffers stuff. Like, there's no way they're going to pay these two guys two hundred million quid each. They're fighting in front of the empty stadium. It's no fucking going to happen. The, the other thing is, Andy, you're 100% right. They're going to want some fans there, even if it's just like um, a token thing, really. They're going to want fans there. But um, 
But you got to remember, they wanted this fight to happen in the summer, right? We went to Saudi in December. Too hot. And it was too hot for us. You got and, and if you want to go to Saudi in July? You're crazy. And the other thing is, um, we've got Ramadan coming up in this week, and then after that, eight weeks after Eid, we've got um, you have Hajj. So the pilgrimage to Mecca, and obviously it's going to be different because of COVID, but still logistically for Saudi to take the foreigners and the numbers of people that come up from all over the world there, they're not going to probably want to do that and then deal with the the sort of Joshua stuff going on at the same time. Um, so I don't see it happening in Saudi till, till like September onwards, you know? So, but Eddie's saying, Eddie's saying it's going to happen this summer. Yeah. They're saying... <laughs> see, last night, wait a minute, Eddie was saying last night, for example, when he got interviewed, you know, can we not make it December? That's that's what he was putting it. That's what he was getting questioned on. Can we make it December? He made November time. Eddie said, no, it's going to happen in the summer. So has Eddie been unreasonable a wee bit here? Or is he just like wanting to get the fight, you know, here and now, soon as? This is this is all fucked up what they're trying to do here, and I don't want to sidetrack a little bit too much. I mean, but it's all related. How it, the the lure of the money right now is so crazy. Who in their right mind wants to have the fucking World Cup in the desert on artificial fucking surface? It's gonna be like 130 degrees degrees out there. There will literally be people that die on the fucking pitch if they don't fucking yeah, drink enough water. And so all these assholes keep going here because it's the only place they can dig up money. And I can't remember her name for the life of me, but there is a female chess player who said, fuck this big money tournament. She's not going there because she's not going to go to a place where she has to be escorted from her fucking hotel, where she has to wear headgear. She's not going to where she's going to be a second class citizen. Fuck well, you, fuck your money. There's ethics involved in the entire right, world. Fame, is failing. Female chess is my is my segue back into the belly they of the have week. More here. Balls than boxers. <laughs> <It's> crazy. <laughs> you know, when we went there, the, the women wore what they wanted, didn't have to wear any headgear or anything. But you get what you're saying. Okay, uh, w, uh, a belt here being created. The WBC creating the Mestizo title for the belt between Canelo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I noticed here he's, he's wedding, wedding anniversary there recently. In that never created a belt for it though. Uh, we had that one. That one. <laughs> we had that one last week. Uh, Ricky Gravel, check out this fucking danger calling Ebony Ebbs. There was quite a few of these nominated. Oh, I to try and cut them right down. Oh, here we are. Friend of the pod, Joe O'Neill. Shout out to Joe, assistant editor of irishboxing.com. A bullshit title here for you, Steve. Last night, Derry middleweight Connor Coyle won the American Boxing Federation USA Mid-American title. That's a patriotic <laughs> title if I've ever heard one. The fight was in Mexico against the Mexican. And Coyle is based on the US East Coast. So there you, you go. The American Boxing Federation, USA, Mid-American. This is just further proof that the globalists have taken over. That's fucked up. Oh, supposed to be good here, man. I think he's with, he's with Roy Jones, I think, isn't he? He's supposed to be Yes, good he signed with Oscar, didn't he? I think at one point. I think, yeah. Coil. High hopes for him anyway. Yeah. But yeah, he's, he's going the right way. Picking up trinkets like that. Absolutely. No trinkets here. Connor Ben, world champion in the making. Lee said, absolutely. I've never followed a fighter from the beginning as I have you. My hero is Hagler. I didn't even try to get his autograph, but I have yours. That tells you everything. My bucket list is to see you officially become champ. You'll get there and I'll be there, God willing. Uh, 
He's a, he's attracted a fucking serious uh, cult following, isn't he? With the fellas, one fella has him tattooed on without his beard, and now he's fucking got fellas writing him love letters on. He's attracted a good. I don't know. Maybe it's the intensity. The fellas like that or something after the post fight intensity. Bring it out these characters. He, he carries the anger of a man who was raped in prison. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Tony Nudger nominated that one. <laughs> Cassius. Uh, Connor Ben, UK's oh, next pay per view star. I was going to put that up as well, actually. Uh, Jesus Christ, man. Look, he was sensational mm-hmm. last night, but fucking come on. Pay per view. Uh, I told you that last week as well, didn't I? You know, they're struggling for pay per view stars. They're not, yeah, no, only, no, they're only shooting Connor f- Ben now. He's not that far off us. He's not that far <laughs> off us, realistically, is he? In yeah, in, in matchroom world, in the matchroom oh, universe. In reality, yeah. <laughs> but they can pack him. They can package him up and fucking get him all hyped exactly, up. Exactly, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Would not uh-huh. be surprised at all. Uh, Dev Sane, friend of the pod, shout out to Dev. He's fishing a bit here, talking about Canelo in comparison to Shannon Courtney. Jasper nominated him. I think Dev knew exactly what he was doing there. Man like Chin, value of the week for Hearn for bringing over this senior citizen. For Savannah Marshall. Anthony Fowler, just seen that Samuel Vargas lost to Colazo in 2019. Fuck me, that fellow has been going for some years. I remember Hit Manhattan smashing him about 15 years ago. I was still in school when I watched that. James is nominating rightly. Hatton certainly did not smash Colazo. And if you remember back to that fight, he had a hell of a time. Yeah, he did, mate. He did. Close fight. Knockdown was probably the difference. Yep, it was indeed. Uh, Prince Patel, here we are, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, Shannon Courtney was happy to be on Sky with no experience and promoted as a good-looking woman who lost a lot of weight. But now someone better-looking comes along who gets more attention and views. It's apparently disrespectful to the sport. Good yeah. luck, Ebony Bridges. Hope you win. A sensible treat, finally, uh, says David Almond. Yeah, good stuff. I was going to say, the class will drop hat in the first round of that fight. And he was lucky to get a, get a decision win. Yes, I think it was either the first or the yeah. second, yeah. yeah. Was that when he moved up to welterweight? Yeah, I'm sure it was. was no, no, it's not WBA title, I'm sure it was, mate. Are they, yeah, um, there you go. Yeah. It was one of the fights, I'm sure, that, you know, one of the questionable ones that he could have lost. The the moral of the story is uh, it's good to lose weight in some places, but not in others. Well said, Matthew. Episode 418, Matty bringing some wisdom. Manny Pacquiao and mourning the death of Prince Philip. Someone, Some joker in the comments below said, if he'd have met you, Manny, he'd have given you his coat and thought you were a servant or something. <laughs> 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 Can't remember who said that, but shout out to them anyway for that one. This was good for Orange Boom Bastard. Eubanks lost pen, story boy nominating for that. It's in no way related to Babe Station where girls stand in their underwear for tips. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Bean, he was loving it. Uh, World Boxing Council, uh, international bell. Bridgeweight international title is on the line. Michael Thompson has nominated them for that one. Uh, Dean Mitchell and Mark Wood were fighting over Ebony Bridges' lingerie, naturally there. Uh, the Motor City Cobras nominated Kev C., I'm not sure what they were talking about there, but I'd no doubt find out at some point. Fight nights as well. I'd be perfectly content with the zone signing every fighter in the game, creating one belt and monopolising boxing. We've heard all that before, haven't we? And the KO dad as well has been nominated. Andy, you sent me this one earlier on. Mm-hmm. This was a bit of a turn up for the books, or maybe not. What on earth is uh, Chavez Jr. up to? <laughs> he, he has been, oh, funny on me on that one. Like, but yeah, he's been in the tighty whities So, uh... He deleted that post, actually, I believe it, though. But uh, Chavez Jr. They were flaming him in the comments. They were absolutely flaming. Oh, he was getting flaming. billeted. 
And if if you could caption that photograph, it would have to include the words "seeking sugar daddy." And Toby got back. Seeking penetration, mail. Like Only fans. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's. Like... <laughs> Only fans linking bio. Look at stay that man. That's Look at the powder as well. What's he proving? Powder? Don't be powder. Me like a savage. This is this is this is the guy. This is the guy who had all his like quarter million dollars worth of jewelry stolen for his. He's mansion in Sinaloa. Sinaloa of all places. Yeah, the boys are just walking into the drawer and he's posing for photographs of second jewelry. Fucking tighty whiteies, man. What do you think, Rob? Do you think he's a giver or a receiver? Oh. In fact, do you think he goes to ask the mouth, actually? You don't pose like that if you're a fucking giving. What the fuck? He's, he's, he's showing what he considers to be his goods. Like, yeah, listen, if that's how Chavez gets down, man, we're not against that on the pod. No, like, no, no, that's fine. Okay. Don't be pouting yeah. at me in the fucking photo. I don't want to pass this about. Take them off the screen. Uh, I'm just saying, use some goddamn logic, Rob. Use some fucking logic. What does Evan Smith say, though? Tough, strong, rugged. <laughs> Works so very hard. Tough. He, he certainly <laughs> prefers the company of men. Uh, any other nominations boys uh, Ben from yeah. you first of all uh, there was a guy on Twitter yesterday he said something about well this morning he said Amir Khan needs to show Connor, Bre- Brooke, uh, Connor, Connor Bender the respect he deserves that was it yeah show, show Connor the respect he deserves he, he lost four rounds against him. put some respect on his name <laughs> yeah. for said that about ten times last night didn't he start so if people stop putting respect on my name. That's all someone else's catchphrase. We all saw it. Shut up Go on then, Rob. Any nominations from you? <laughs> so, I don't know if you had the photo or I sent it through or, or, or who has it. But uh, Eddie got caught with a sly one, didn't he, at the weigh-in for Bridges Courtney. That was the yeah. only time I saw him. Saw him in a good mood all week. He just had a little, he's taking his mind off things for a quick second there and got caught on the camera. I bet, but... he, to, I bet he went to the box by Danger Wank. You're not weighing, by the way. <laughs> best, <laughs> best, best one since uh, Joe Rogan, Misha Tate, man. That, that was a good one. Yeah. Any more, Rob? No, that's it, I think. Uh, Matty, any nominations from you? Yeah, I would like to uh, nominate uh, Judge uh, Don Trella for his 117-110 scorecard in the Njokas Rodriguez fight. I would like to nominate. <laughs> you saying that up. Motion carried. <laughs> Judge Don Trella. Uh, Andy, any from you? Oh, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, for example. Oh, shit. He, was, he was on Combat uh, Sports a couple of days ago. And he's, he's, he's quoted as saying is he's responding to his trolls and haters ahead of the Canelo showdown on May 8th. So this is Billy Joe Saunders responding to his trolls and haters. Has anybody actually seen him like repeatedly act like a fucking prick, an arsehole and a piece of shit? And probably a troll? Really? An absolute fucking dildo, man. So uh, aye, Billy Joe Saunders for complaining he's actually got trolls and haters because you bring it on yourself, mate, at the end of the day. Uh, just leave him alone. Just leave him alone, aye. Uh, praise be to Darren Kinnerhan, but anyway. Uh, Julio for uh, Tighty Whiteys. Uh, um, Mohammed, Ch- uh, sorry, Manny Char and Christopher Lovejoy's uh, fight poster. It's like five paragraphs in that fucking poster, by the way. And uh, obviously to Eddie Hearn as well for uh, Eddie 301 days ago, Hearn. 
You know, this is a guy who basically <laughs> says, oh, we've got an agreement. We've got tight with Even Tyson Fury on Instagram says, well, please beat Dan Kinahan. Two-fight deal agreed. Clearly what's happened here is, the outside looking in, that the agreement that they've signed is clearly like we'll have two fights. However, we'll need to discuss these two fights over the next coming months. So this is the reason why Tyson Fury started tweet, uh, tweeting out three days to go and all that sort of stuff because there's a deadline on this contract. So basically as tonight, I'm assuming, midnight, this is when it's going to happen, I suppose. I mean, I'm assuming they're looking at the contracts right now. Eddie says three days to go. The contracts are getting looked at just now. So we'll, we'll know by Monday, Tuesday, at least Wednesday next week, if uh, this fight's going to happen shortly, but... I don't know if anyone noticed, sorry to interrupt again, Andy, I don't know if anyone noticed that um, John Fury did an interview with uh, Andy yeah, Brewer, seen that, uh, social. he said it's not happening. And I yeah. don't know what you can take or make of that because, you know, but um, but for what it's worth, that's what that was his It's the money. It's the money, mate. It's he he be, also said it's that it's... the money. He, he also it. said if Winston Churchill was alive, that yeah. this going to be happening in the UK. So I don't know, like, yeah, exactly. I think he went about OTT about one at the end of the day, but I, I think, look, I go back to it. I, I say I'm not an accountant, but surely, fuck, this fight can only happen with fans available because, look, take 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 the the, the Ali Fraser third fight, right? There's a fucking civil war going on in the fucking Philippines. Ideal scenario, you but you buy a fight. Bring it in the country. You take everybody's minds off what's happening in the fucking hills because there's a fucking civil war. Oh, they should have the fight in Northern Ireland, then. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put it in the fucking Belfast Peace Wall, whatever and stuff like that. Take it to fucking you know Baghdad or fucking all the other places in Iraq. You know, I don't know uh, Fallujah, places like that, right? Places that are run down. And if fans, fans are coming to the stadium up there, just don't try to get there by bus. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a fucking shit show. Shit show. This fight clearly would be... But listen, when, when Tyson fought Wilder, it was the biggest grossing gate since uh, Lennox against Holyfield, I think it was. That's massive. That's fucking huge. This is, what, it's one? This, this is bigger. The, the first fight against Holyfield against Lewis. This, the rematch between, oh, between Fury and Wilder was the biggest uh, making fight at the gate since Lewis against Holyfield, right? So if that is the case, if that is the case... Which was also this, a draw! But, Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, and if this fight is in the UK, Matty, it does fucking huge numbers. People would fucking pay massive money to go to that fight. Two Brits fighting for the first time in history for the undisputed title. Undisputed title. And you're going to hand it off to the highest bidder who's got all the gap money. It's the biggest fight in history. And they, can't mm. they can't afford it because they know I want money in my. I want to be, I want to promote my country. I want tourism. I want money in the economy. All sorts of and local businesses and stuff. Other things to mention, and, got, Andy, is that don't forget. I'm sure I saw a tweet today that the um, European Championship final or whatever they're only going to have half capacity at Wembley, and that's there you go. that's soon, isn't it? So like, um, yeah. So it doesn't bode well for having a hundred thousand there and all that sort of stuff, which is, is an is amazing thing is to witness, and it'll be crazy. But and I really want to see it here, but. Um, is the FA Cup final getting something like 12,000 or something like that? Or did I make that up? I've seen something I, recently about I'm not sure about the FA Cup. I just remember that tweet I saw. This I think yeah, crowds I, coming I in at the end of the season, aren't they? For the yeah, last I, I, season or I, something. Yeah, I've seen something. I, be, I, I know for a fact like the Scottish Cup final is not getting fans because we're... 
I think we get the opening game of the Euros, I think. So there's going to be fans in for that, but... There's going to be some stabbings. Yeah, possibly. Well, here, there's only one man who can bring us all together before we finish up and have our pick for Belly of the Week, and that, of course, is the main man, Father Dave. So I fished out his fight yes. with Wild Bill. <laughs> so let's have a, have a look at the end. This will be good for you if you're listening during the week on iTunes, SoundCloud, or anywhere else. But you can hop on over to YouTube and have a look. It might not be the best of quality, but let's, let's see here. So first of all, I wanted to know, I wanted to get a feel for the fight. So I was listening to the Australian uh, commentators and analysers and pundits putting a bit of preamble of what to expect with this third fight or second fight, I'm not sure what, between uh, Father Dave and Wild Bill. They got stuck into it. What can we expect, mate? They're obviously doing it all again now. Fireworks, mate. That's what you can expect. Fireworks again. Yeah, no, they got stuck into it. Who won the first one, mate? Uh, Father Dave. Bill said it was a New South Wales decision. Of course you're going to say that, of course, but... It won't be tonight, mate. Yeah. <laughs> no excuses this time. No, for, for no. Big Bill, but uh, yeah, both boys are what? Well into their fifties. Yeah, one's uh, well, one of them's the oldest fighter in Australia, isn't he? <laughs> Wild Bill, fifty-seven, the oldest fighter in Australia. Expect fireworks, Andy. I bet you can't wait for this. <laughs> mate, I've actually got the fight saved. I meant to go and watch it, but I didn't have time this week. Actually, I, you, I know you watched it, eh? So yes, all, all yeah. that, well, tell us then what happened. Then. Come on, he's hold laughing. On. He's laughing. He's trying to. Yeah. He's trying to. Hold, hold on, this is actually on television in Australia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know if that makes me love Australia or really feel sad for Australia. I'm we love Australia of... here. Every, every week we're having to go to Australia. Come on. Well, yeah, Australia back oh, on yeah, you're, you're got haters in the chat, actually. You're, you're, you're like, fucking, your kid be... live there. Well, here, there'll be no haters after seeing Father Dave's intro. Check this out. Oh, my God. Here comes Father Dave. Let out by Tony O'Loughlin. My goodness, Tony. I've known him since the 80s. God love him. He's been a great trainer in the Sydney region for a long, long time. Punching great father Dave. Tell you what, what is that some entrance? He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. At the veteran boxes. He always opens up the uh, veteran boxes. Uh, the All right, ladies Saturday and gentlemen, let's introduce you to the two. He's actually a priest. Oh, <laughs> my God. No that shit. is all the things. What the fuck? The road, the girdle, man, class. What is it odds of him fiddled by a child, by the way? <laughs> no, as we, we learned, can't, can't accuse Father Dave. No, 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 no you on, can't do on. that. He's come good on, for no. the children. No. He runs a boxing yeah. camp for the youth. We have seen that. No, no, hang on. Wait, wait till you see Father Dave in action, right? Now, this is round four. So the boys oh, are a bit tired. The boys are a bit tired, but it's round yes. four. It's like, remember James Tony against Michael Nunn? Just bear that in mind. <laughs> more volume, but yeah. I mean, you back up to bring him on the punches, but... But he's always working inside the yeah. Father Dave. Like you can see now, he's still working and scoring shots. It's been a good fight to start oh, the show. Without a doubt. What a tough fight for these two Fucking guys. Fucking that kind of unbelievable. I couldn't do and it. They've done themselves a justice, too. It's not like they've uh, disgraced themselves by any no, means. It's no. a <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, it's, uh, tough. certainly a competitive fight. It sure is. It's like we're saying here, you know, you can score it either way, really, some of these shots. See Dave, Father Dave now coming on the attack, pushing it back to Bill. Steve but, watches uh, treble speed, I bet you. Dave landed a good left hand in there. Oh, Father Dave, boy. Come on, Father. Oh, my Father, who after heaven. 
I will be thy name. Beautiful job. Thy will become. Thy kingdom come. Beautiful job. Beautiful job. Working the body there. Wild Bill. Oh my god. Wild Bill. Wild man on the inside. It's been a cracking fight, said the one commentator. Don't you feel like that's what happens if somebody takes the last pudding in the senior center? <laughs> right, so the final one, let's find out. Now, listen, whenever you're listening, right, listen out for the MC, James O'Shea, trying to tell everybody it's been an entertaining contest. So, this is the decision, okay? Let's see who's got it. I'm sure I'll share a beer later. All right, we look to have Here the scorecards ready to rock. We'll throw it back to James O'Shea in center ring. Well, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for our two fighters. You've certainly been. Father Dave, look at his legs. All right, let's have a look at our <laughs> judges' scorecards. Okay, stand still. He's fucking. Judge scores at about 39 to 36. Wild Bill. Wild Bill. Our second scorecard scores at about 39 to Yo, 38 wild to Bill. Father Dave. Father Dave. Third school card. Yeah. The boys are in. 39-37 to your winner by split, split decision. decision. And it goes to Wow, Bill Kinbaka. Yeah. 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 yeah, baby. What a fight. What a fight, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the commentator at the beginning? He says, I'm sure they'll share a beer later. <laughs> Wild Bill. Wild Bill. Father Dave is a little bit freaking uh, thick in the stomach there, man. He's going to have to work on his cardio next go around for sure, especially with them chicken legs, man. Uh, right. he, uh, Father Bean. Looks like <laughs> Father Bean. <laughs> Father Bean, did you say? Bean! Could have been, could have been, should have been, never been. Bait bean, creepy bean. Beanie. Rumple still skin. We're on to you. <laughs> <laughs> you guys really put beans on toast over there? Yeah. <laughs> That's a conversation for another weekend, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Ben. You got anything to add? Any Father Dave related quips? No. Are, we, are they doing a trilogy fight? <laughs> you might to think so, wouldn't you? Pay per view, hopefully. Probably right. would be the, the Holy Trilogy. Been... I, want... I, want... I really want us to interview Father Dave so badly. Like, oh, really badly. Right. Okay. What have we got then? So that was that was a nice little aside to belly of the week. Let's go through them then uh, and see who's got what. I've forgotten most of them, to be honest. Andy, Edward. who are you going for this week? Edward. He Edward. is a man under stress, kind deliver. This will be his third super fight he's failed to deliver, by the way. Joshua against Wilder, Can against Brooke, and Fury against Joshua. Heady nomination there. Uh, Matty, who are you going it's for? Good common denominator there, Andy, evening, Edward. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Even any day now, Edward Kern. <laughs> Man, I, uh, I, I, I've got to go with uh, just with the Father Dave fight. Chavez, sorry. Chavez. No, no, Chavez. Yes, no, 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 no. Chavez, you're right. I'm sorry. There's so many. Yes, Chavez. Uh, Chavez gets it, uh, but um, I, I do hope that uh, he finds whatever he's looking for on Grinder. 
I'd love to nominate this one, to be honest, that guy <laughs> running up to the side of the oh, ring with yes. a sleeping child screaming because his mate got knocked down. <laughs> this guy, this child's probably lying sleeping there on his lap for like, I don't know how long, and he gets up, runs at, runs at the ring, <laughs> you fucking mug, you fucking bum, good luck to Just told me, what the fuck's happened, Daddy? <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Bob, who you going for? I don't know, I feel like Chavez should get it for that fucking he looks like one of them fellas that catfishes the old ones on 90 Day Fiance or something in that photograph, don't he? Like <laughs> it was when I met Julio online and suddenly start sending him five thousand dollars a week. Um I yeah, feel like guys... there's an there's an after picture coming to Rob. <laughs> yeah, well it could be on this one, couldn't it? Um, I have a feeling Donnie might have a hand in this as well. I don't know. Hey. <laughs> How Donnie uh, got a hand in this one by doing or something like that? No, Donnie's got a hand in something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, so Chavez for you, Rob. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, it's a tough one between him. I know we want to get out of here. It's a tough one between him and Eddie, but I'm going to hold fire on Eddie because I know he's going to come through with the goods this week and it's going to be all down to him, even in so maybe Julio should get it. <laughs> for Father Day. Sorry, well, sorry. Man, that fucking old Anytime, Ed. Anytime, Ed. That's his name now. No, no, even Ed. Anytime, Ed. I feel, I feel, I kind of feel like we'd be remiss as well if, like, Father Dave didn't fucking win it again, man. Like, what the fuck? What, what was that? He's had these moments of glory, Rob. Yeah, Let the it go. whole spectacle. Yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, Julio, then go for Julio. A two for Julio. Uh, who are you going for, Ben? Have you? Did you vote for? Who did you vote for, Steve? The KO guy, the KO dad. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So that means that. All right. Well, I'm going to have to go with Julio then. I'm sure Eddie, Eddie will come again, but um, we'll go for Julio this time. He'll come again, come for and, a cause, good old and, Julio. And if you use Orchid products, you too will come again. <laughs> well, and there's it's a fitting tribute to DMX going off in the background. I don't know if you can hear that there. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. we're, still, we're still with come for a cause. We'll catch up with you. Now okay. that X can't give it to you, Orchid Toys will. <laughs> Shout out to Orchid Toys. Shout out to Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. You are Belly of the Week for episode 418. Thank you very much, Matty. Over to you. Thanks a lot, Steve, and also thank you for bouncing that picture back and forth as people requested it to uh, be removed. That uh, You had me literally crying tears of laughter. Well done, sir. Well done. Um, I would like everybody, uh, or I'd like to thank everybody for joining us for episode 418. We really appreciate you joining us. Make sure to check us out on Patreon. Uh, we have uh, our Punches from the Past series up right now on discounts. So you can check that out as well. Check us out on Facebook. Uh, like really like to get you guys following us here. Steve and I are getting a lot of that content out here. He's been doing a great job on that. I'd like to thank the panel, Steve Welling, Sandy Patterson, Ben Faruqi, Rob Kelly. We had Oz with us as well earlier. Uh, Steve will be here hosting for 419. Uh, Rob, that means I'm going to be in the seat for 420. You, uh, we got to think of something, buddy. We got to think of about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No we have no clue about. what anybody's talking about, do we? Well, I forgot I what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll have some fun with that one, I hope. Uh, but uh, I appreciate everybody for hanging with us for these three hours. And uh, we will be back to review the fights next week. Uh, we'll see how Andretti does against Williams. See if you guys are right and if Williams has indeed gotten better at 160 until then i am your host matt d Gianardo. thank you very much and y'all have a great week sports social podcast network